Welcome to Church Jams Now, the podcast where three former youth group kids and current music nerds deep dive into Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. I, of course, am your co-host, Kylan Savage, and with me, as always, is Mr. TJ Smith. Wait, hang, hang on. What You guys, what is that? Do y'all hear it's that? No, it's nothing, TJ. It's okay. nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, there wasn't a sound just now? No. We'll get to I, it. I heard we'll nothing. We'll get to it. Okay. The okay. other voice you hear, of course, is our beautiful producer, Josh Olson. Hey, guys. What's up? With a Yo. less unhinged introduction. And guys, we have a guest this week. A guest that I'm very excited Woo! about. One that I first reached out to about during the podcast, like in October, maybe. It's been a very long time. It is our very good, very dear, very old friend. You're not very old. Hold on, I'm gonna cut all this. Our our very dear old friend Carson McCain. Carson, how are you today? I'm great. It's so uh, it's it's bizarre, kind of having this conversation because we haven't talked in so long. I know. Um, but it it feels like classic. Ten years ago, we Just were sitting in a coffee shop, yeah, having these same conversations. <laughs> it's true. For those of you that don't know, uh, TJ and I used to work with Carson way, way, way back in the day at a little place called Crooked Tree. It's a little coffee shop in Dallas, and we had some really great times. But between then and now, Carson, you just do everything. And I want to talk about that really quick. All the things. Yeah. I just, you know, you have some accolades. You have, like, you're, you're a legit guest. Uh, you're not just oh, like our, our random our, our random friend. Yeah, no, guys, uh, Carson is a podcaster at Spoke Media. If you all listen to our episode on Super Chick with Janielle Kastner, they did Untitled Dad Project together. Uh, she was a producer on that and a bunch of other podcasts that are incredible. I've I've been following your podcast career for quite some time. She's also a therapist and an artistic director at Second Thought Theater, which is just too many things. How do you do it all? It's <laughs> a lot. Uh, How? I, it's it's too many things. I don't uh, do them. You know, I, I lose sleep. I don't do it healthily. I don't recommend it uh, for, for many people. But I just, I love everything I do. And so I haven't been able to give it up. I haven't been able to close any of the doors uh, quite yet. It. So I think it's something to yeah. aspire to. Sleeplessness and... I don't know in a million different directions, right? As someone that just moved across the country (laughs) with a two-year-old and an arthritic dog, I don't think that sleeplessness is something to aspire to. Oh, you don't think my current condition? (laughs) Got it. I I love sleep. I find sleep to be like one of my hobbies, which is like a gross thing to say, but but it's just. (laughs) It's delightful. It brings Feels me like joy. A very millennial thing to say. Sleep yes. is one of my hobbies. Yes. Yes. But you just own it, you know? You just lean yeah. into it. Yeah, but all of my jobs are kind of hobbies too because it's just it's just fun and I get paid to do it. Amazing. But yeah, speaking of Crooked Tree, Crooked Tree is the coffee shop we worked at. I think I overlapped with both of you, but Kylan maybe you left at some point and then it was me and TJ and I left and we've talked about this on the podcast before how TJ kind of for years like just kind of followed me we never fully overlapped well like yeah I was an opportunist is what it was like like, I would I would be waiting in the wings like you were like as soon as understudy yeah as soon as Kylan was like leaving (laughs) yeah as soon as I left Crooked Tree Tree, he swooped in I stepped out into the limelight as soon as I left that apartment in East Dallas he swooped in 
I moved uh, in. Yeah. Oh, I I'm just, I'm just, that's yeah. Funny. He basically just, yep. it, it was, it was like a good lateral move though. If you can't get Kylan, you get TJ. It's like, it's a pretty one-to-one like weird, yeah. weird, definitely lanky hipster guys, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, it's great. But like a little less vibe, a little more lyrical, uh, uh, <laughs> professor. Okay. So yeah, sure. Carson, usually when we have guests on this show, one of my favorite things to start out with is asking your origin story. So, you know, our podcast is specifically about Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. And so I want to know what is your history with this music? Like growing up in the church, was that like all you could listen to? Could you listen to other stuff? What and what was like the first kind of music you remember getting into? So when you when you call yourself youth group kids, that a hundred percent was my identity. Uh, yes, to youth group kid. I've I've been just about every denomination at some point in my life. Nice. Yeah, we buffet. started Church of Yes. Just I've I've sampled it all. Sampled it all. Went Church of Christ to Baptist to non-denomination, but that was code for Baptist to Methodist to hard left into the like Acts twenty nine movement. Uh, mm. Then you know, then very like what is real <laughs> which i think is a journey uh, many of us are familiar we're all with. asking that question yes, all the time yes 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 as far as music the first things i remember listening to were KLTY, which is the oh, christian yeah. radio station in the dallas area yes um, cj and listeners take a drink talk about klty <laughs> oh. it's on the bingo card yeah. i love that yes can't you can't get rid of it it's just it's right there in the identity the jingle True. sticks in my head mm-hmm. but yeah very praise and worship music and you know outside of that i was allowed to listen to other music that wasn't a an issue with my parents my parents were really cool with you know whatever i wanted to listen to my dad was a big u2 fan nice. one of my favorite fun facts is I thought Maroon 5 was oldies for a long time because my dad listened <laughs> to it. That's great. I love <laughs> and that. And I was like, that's dad uh-huh. music. Uh, but <laughs> I, I sort of, I put my, I, I pigeonholed myself into a not like other girls space of yeah. I didn't want to like the Backstreet Boys. I didn't want to listen to NSYNC. I didn't want to listen to any of the secular music that was popular, you know, around sort of my growing up age because I was like, Ugh, I'm a Christian and I want to be right. in the world, but not you know, of it. Yes. Yes. I want to be salt and light. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> so I really liked Christian music and, and I de- genuinely enjoyed it. Genuinely sought it mm-hmm. out. I think the first album, I remember listening to DC talk with my parents and I remember, nice. Yeah, Jesus Freak, I remember listening to with my parents. But then I remember buying Two Left, Don't Make a Right, But Three Do. Yes. Yes. That, and me too. That was That's the genesis the for this started podcast. started it all. Because that was yep. the first CD <sighs> I bought with my own money. And yes. during the pandemic, TG and I were talking about, it's like, do you think Two Lefts holds up? I don't know the last time I listened to it. But it yeah. does. Triple bop it, from us. I agree. From I us. agree. With the exception of um, mood rings. But, you know, that's a conversation for another day. See, but yeah. if you're me, I I just had no... I, I also... This is maybe a sort of transition or maybe not useful for this section of the podcast. I got out with a lot without a lot of religious trauma. That's good. Because... Good for you. Yeah. Because my heart and mind just went, I refuse to accept it. <laughs> 
So for example, with Mood Ring, right, it's a very gendered song. I just refused to accept it as gendered and I would change the pronouns like when I sang it to myself because I was like, that's stupid. I think boys are more moody than girls. And I refused to accept <laughs> that this would be a thing that I would take on as my identity. I will just change this. <laughs> that's a really Carson, healthy outlook on you're life. You're so that's... ahead of the curve, man. You were I, like... I, I know, you should be a therapist or something, you know. Yeah, Yeah, surprise. (laughs) Surprise. Yeah, so so I'm like, Moonring's great. I don't have any trauma around that because I just, I don't see it as a gendered song. I I refuse to. So silly. Uh, Yeah, so so Reliant K obviously then leads into, you know, it's your gateway into Switchfoot, into Hawk Nelson for me, Mm. into... I, I, I took a journey into some pop punk music, but it was through the, it was the Reliant K switchfoot of it all and their crossover right. into secular yeah. music that I think got me into the Fallout Boy Panic at the Disco vibes that I got to. They are a prime school. example of like the gateway into yeah. the, the edgy but, secular world. Right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. They, they did the crossover well, I think. Yeah. But I always loved Christian music and thought Christian art was lame. Um, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I because I was in the theater world and I was like, there is no good Christian theater, mm, right. but there's so much good Christian music. Oh, that's a cool take. I like that. Ju- like juxtaposing yeah, different yeah. mediums and different disciplines of art against music, and mm-hmm. and seeing sort of the the quality and the validity in music as an art form in the Christian spaces, as opposed to in your experience other art forms. Are I don't think saying... anybody's brought that up yet. The Lifehouse oh, yeah. skit is not compelling. <laughs> uh, is that what you're saying right now? I have sobbed my eyes out to that sketch on YouTube more often than anybody else in the world. Like I'm probably hundreds of those views uh, on YouTube, the first one. I, I mean, I would also say like that is a better version than like Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames, which I don't know if any of y'all mm. had to participate in or watch, but that's the sketch that you could license for your church where basically the idea was you either go to heaven or hell and it's all of these situations and then someone dies suddenly and depending on who you were in that situation you went to heaven or hell and there was a big altar call at the end it's horrid it's horrid okay so you mentioned a couple bands Reliant K, Switchfoot, Hawk Mm -hmm. Nelson so I'm curious where are are you in terms of quote unquote Christian music today? Like, do you listen to any any new Christian music, or do you even occasionally like go back to those to like some of these bands? More often, I'll I'll go the nostalgia route and go mm-hmm. back and listen to something. It's funny in in thinking about this recording. Um, my husband and I went on a like, well, which one did you listen to? Uh, sort of vibe um, because he listens to more um, uh, like heavier stuff than I did. Mm-hmm. By the way, if he wants to come on and do a do a Christian metal album, uh, tell him to hit us up. <laughs> oh, more he was well. so <laughs> excited that y'all y'all had done. Uh, what was it he was asking about? He was really excited y'all had done something. Um, starts oh, with an A. As cities burn. I can't remember. It's not as cities burn. It's something else. Because oh, um, it was something I didn't know. Mm. August Burns Red. Oh, there it is. Probably. Okay. I bet it was. I don't know, y'all. Yeah. I, I didn't know. That's fine. <laughs> More often than not, I'll go back and listen. Christian music is not something that's really in my repertoire now. Um, right. Because 
truthfully, because I'm just not exposed to it the way I was when I was right. younger. Sure. I listened to uh, there were <laughs> shout outs to another radio station, Power FM, or, or I think it was Power uh, FM yeah. 89.7, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. which was Christian rock. Um, and so I would hear more. There was some channel that played predominantly Christian music videos. And we would just have that on at my house sometimes. Uh, and so that's how I'd get exposed to new bands, new songs. Right. And and then similarly, they would just have music videos on at my want to be mega church in Paradise, Texas, like yeah. to, to try to. So, I mean, like that's how I found out about Hawk Nelson. That's how I found out about, right. you know your sort of evanescence would be on mm -hmm. there all the time. Thank you. I had someone on Twitter the other day <laughs> say evanescence was never a Christian band. They were never a church jam. And I was like, okay, but they played at church all the time. Like all the time, <laughs> all the time. You should listen to our episode about it. We talk about it, but they played <laughs> like they played in churches all the time. Yeah. It, yes. Honestly, ultimately it depends on who you ask. Right. So exactly. But there, there's an argument to be made. So I actually then, <laughs> I would love to transition into the album that you brought us. Uh, yeah. I originally asked you for a couple of options, and mm -hmm. we settled on 2005's Nothing Is Sound by Switchfoot. So, uh, Josh, should we I, do research? I just got the sound yeah. joke. Uh, oh. <laughs> that, yeah, it takes a while. always do stuff is, like that. I'm glad it landed. Episode, <laughs> Josh, what is this? I took a minute, but I got it. This is episode 65, I think. Five? Yeah, it's taken like 65 of these. for. Josh and I are old hats at this now. We know that TJ is going to come in hot with a... I'm only recently a, like catching on. Very catching conceptual like waves. joke yeah. based on the album we're covering. Incredible. <laughs> I have fun. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, do a little bit of research about the album, and then we'll talk about uh, why you wanted to cover this album. So, Josh, take it away. Gladly, Kylan. Thank you. So, as we've already covered Switchfoot a little bit on the show, I'll just say again that Switchfoot, of course, is from San Diego, California. Their career is from 1996 to present, still going strong. The members for this record are John Foreman, of course, on vocals and on guitar, Tim Foreman on bass, Chad Butler on drums, Jerome Fontamias on keys and guitar. This is his second album with them after The Beautiful Letdown. And Drew Shirley, this is his first album with them on guitar. He's no longer, he's the only one no longer in the band as of today. Uh, the rest of the other four are still going strong at Switchfoot. The album Nothing Is Sound was released September 13th of 2005. So it is turning 18 years old this year. Ooh. And I got to give you props, Carson, because you picked this record right as it's about to turn 18. So I think we can do a little uh, anniversary release for this episode which i'm very excited about releases. i'm very uh, excited he's all about him <laughs> and we we're also it. on like a big streak for 18 year anniversaries this august and september we've had like this will be our third one we've hit a lot wow. of like august and september 2005 releases interesting yep. everyone's legal now yeah <laughs> yeah they are right they can all vote <laughs> discography wise this is switchfoot's fifth record and their follow-up to the beautiful letdown which was of course their major label debut this record was released on columbia records it was produced by john fields and switchfoot which to remind you john fields produced the beautiful letdown he's also produced ben rector demi lovato miley cyrus jonas brothers he's got a lot of really impressive credits to his name mixed by this album was mixed by Half of it was mi mixed by our good buddy Chris Lord Algae, and who we've mentioned many times on this podcast. And the other half was mixed by Bob Clearmountain, 
who you guys may know as a legendary mix engineer for Bruce Springsteen, the Rolling Stones, David Bowie, Huey Lewis. That's that's wild. You guys know that. I did so that. Right? Great. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, just really quick, Carson, I noticed you made a little face when Josh mentioned that it was their fifth album. Do you mind yes. explaining <laughs> that? In my heart, it's their second. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I feel like there are a lot of people that relate to that sentiment. Yeah. yeah. You know, being introduced to Switchfoot as I was, which was through A Walk to Remember, mm, yeah. the soundtrack. Okay. Uh, yeah, yep. this is this is obviously only their second album. Of I mean, technically, it'd only be their third because that al- that song came out on their third album, actually. So, oh, um, that's so not be, that was pre Beautiful Letdown. Beautiful Letdown. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, only hope was on the one before, which everyone was. I can't remember. Oh, so I'm thinking I'm thinking Dare You to Move because o- only hope in my mm. heart is just Mandy Moore, not John Foreman. Even uh, though yeah. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mandy's a legend, so that tracks. Yeah, yeah Josh, really what else you got after that? Uh, charts and performance. This album debuted at number three on Billboard 200, which is Switchfoot's highest Billboard debut to date. Wow. Billboard Christian number one, of course. It is certified RIAA Gold. Uh, nice. which is half a million units sold. The record and the single stars is also gold. Okay, cool. And yeah, I've got some other stuff, but the other thing I wanted to talk about was that this album had uh, a little bit of controversy regarding the copy protection software. So if you guys remember oh, all the way back to 2005, nice. when everyone was fighting oh, the Napster Wars, Sony, who is the parent record label yes. of Columbia, decided to do something that's real cool and just put copy protection software on a lot of their CDs. And it was like it was kind of invasive. Yes. Like once you, you put it in, them. it would install something onto your computer, which that's like an issue right there. That's right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this was one of the records that had it on there. And uh, John Foreman would later say that he felt the album was tainted by this. So, yeah, I'm I'm sad to hear that. A little bit of a bummer, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I remember, though, now that you're saying that, I remember, like, putting it in my home desktop and being like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to put this on my iPod Shuffle. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, not being able to. You couldn't import it? I don't remember being able to. Oh, wow. I didn't know if it would give you, like, one, but... No, maybe I, maybe it did, but I I I specifically remember like putting it in and being like, wait a minute, uh, why? It doesn't just <laughs> dang, yeah, that's crazy. W- Windows Media Player didn't just start with like the cool colors yeah. and stuff. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I re- I remember that too. Yeah. So besides that, uh, very essential memory, Carson. Um, I want to know about you getting this record and why you want to talk about it now. Yeah, yeah. So for a long time, Switchfoot was like a cool band I could talk about liking mm-hmm. um, because John Foreman was respected as a musician, <laughs> I felt right. like. And so I could say, like, yeah, I listened to Switchfoot and wouldn't feel lame in yeah, the yeah. same way I felt, you know. I felt a little lame talking about liking Reliant K, and I felt a little lame talking about liking Cognelson and sure. Super Chick, like, you can't even, I couldn't even say out loud, you know, yeah, like, yeah. yeah, and and Toby Mac, forget about it, like, <laughs> right. not gonna tell yeah, a yeah. soul I listened <laughs> to that, yeah. uh, which I, I refuse to revisit, uh, speaking of, because I'm like, That's I don't want to know how bad it was, and I had yeah, so, yeah. such fun memories. We've, su- surprisingly, <laughs> we've not covered Toby Mac yet, but I feel similarly. <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah I'm gonna, it's, it's gonna be, I feel like it'll be one, one of my wish list records for next year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course. Perfect, Josh. I was actually I can't just wait, thinking man. about that. I was like, we need we're, to cover momentum on I here. thought you were just, uh, I thought you were about to say, I was just listening to that. I thought I was just I just got it on vinyl. They repre- they actually oh. put it on vinyl recently. <laughs> of course I think it sold out. Oh. Of course. oh lord. Um so yeah, so Switchfoot was like one of the, one of the cool bands I could talk about. And when this album came out, um I think I got, I was too young to drive, but I was old enough to go to a concert. And so this is one of the right. first concerts I went to. Couldn't tell you where. I know that I drove there with like three other friends and our parents drove us yeah. in someone's minivan. And, but I like remember John Foreman like playing stars. Like, and I remember being like, this is amazing. <laughs> and and then I remember like, there was some crossover to secular music. Cause I remember, is it on this album? It's like, we are one. The, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's maybe the closing of the album or maybe one of the last Second songs. Second to last, yeah. Yeah. second to last yeah it uh the music video would play in american eagle because that was the same oh, time that i was shopping nice. there yeah um so like big crossover there i felt good about like knowing these songs it made me feel good to listen to them hmm. and unlike some of the other christian music and i sort of touched on this earlier of like is this a praise song or a love song mm-hmm. i felt like a lot of christian music i listened to uh even like you know, not praise music. I was like, this feels like an angsty love song. Right. Um, and in my, <laughs> I was probably entering my depression era uh, mm. when this album came down, came out. Mm. And so I think I was very much like, I have no concern about romantic relationships. I have no need for boys in my life. I have no, I like no desire for that to be a complication but I very much feel the, I don't belong here, which I think right. is a theme mm. that kind of runs through a lot of Switchfoot's stuff. Yeah. And, and that, that tension that wasn't romantic, but was some sort of existential tension um, was what I was going yeah. through oh, in wow. those, yeah, yeah. those teen years. And so I think I, I just connected a lot more to the themes Switchfoot was connecting to, because I don't remember any of their songs feeling like, love songs in the way i do man i never i never thought about switchfoot as an emo band but you're making a very good case for it (laughs) (laughs) yeah emo but not like whiny like no no no. we talked dashboard emo right like like in our last uh california we talked about like yes yeah Yeah. we talked about foreman being kind of a poet philosopher like Mm. and so i feel like emo in vibe but like there's some weight and some substance right. to like what's happening lyrically. And and I love Carson hearing that like it resonated with you. And what I'm hearing is like it was so much about the way it made you feel or the way you connected with the music, both lyrically and sonically. I thought it was interesting, too, that you mentioned that it was like uh, so much of a, a, about it was like the perception that people might have about yeah. you or about that band, because I really relate to that. Like, what do you let on? What do you let on right. that you know or that you like um, to yeah. be, when you're when you're like walking two worlds, walking the tightrope between two worlds? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've I've always felt particularly um, music. Uh, I won't say illiterate, but music behind. Mm-hmm. So so I had a lot of 
I think, self-doubt around music I enjoyed because I didn't understand, like, I, I didn't have the self-confidence to just be like, this is a song I like. Right, yeah, yeah. Because if it wasn't cool, I didn't have the confidence to say, like, I like it because I like it. Yeah, right. I didn't, I didn't have any sort of vocabulary or understanding that that was enough. Right. Mm. Well, yeah, I totally relate to that especially in terms of like Christian music. Yeah. Which is so funny because I also had the experience, right, of what we talked about of like, I wanted to be not like other girls. So I wanted to be on the outs of mainstream. Right. But I didn't want to just like what I liked. I wanted to be cool. Right. Outside of mainstream. So that Venn diagram um, shrinks down to essentially just switch foot at that point. <laughs> yes. Yes. Switch foot is the only it's thing like the left. one. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. So, uh, Josh and DJ, I want to hear y'all's experiences with this album, too. Josh, you go first. Well, like I said before, I didn't get in. I was the guy that was like, I want to be cool because I don't listen to Switchfoot. So, I, yeah. So, I didn't listen to this album for a long, long time until I, like, I went through, like, a big CD. I was just, like, finding CDs for, like, a dollar half price books or whatever, and I got it. And I listened to it. I don't know. This is, like... 2010 2011 something like that and uh this is one that i it's one of my more favorite switchfoot records like between this and hello hurricane i would say or like hello hurricane is probably my favorite but this i, I would put probably as number two for me mm, so okay. it's one i wow. like a lot it's got some good songs it's got some songs i was looking at the checklist that i don't remember so i'll be interested to see if i how much i remember of them whenever i listen to it but yeah i yeah. do like it sweet Nice. So, TJ, I want to. I don't know about you. You were all in on the beautiful letdown episode. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I was. Yeah, so, beautiful letdown was big for me. This one, I think I, I, and I've mentioned this on other episodes, but I think like one thing I think is fascinating about the sort of rubric or like Venn diagram of the three of us and any guests that we bring in is like where bands hit for you the most like which record like really landed and resonated and which one right you know didn't or did more and like i had a resurgence or like a renaissance with switchfoot later mm. like a good bit later um actually after like john foreman had kind of already started doing his solo stuff a little more that was a, a bigger deal and so i, I kind of right. fell back in love with them um but this album was kind of it was in my atmosphere but it wasn't like getting heavy rotation I'm right. I'm only like kind of roughly familiar with the track list, to be honest. Um, there are like three or four songs if I'm just scrolling through the track list that I can even call to mind, like sonically, like structurally thinking right. about the lyrics, any of that. A lot of it really is just kind of a, a vague impression of being like, this was good. It's not the beautiful letdown. I it it might be See, I feel the opposite that my experience is 100% the opposite. See I, I love, love this. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. Um and and like Josh and Kylan like we've talked a lot about that at length with a lot of bands how like maybe they hit for y'all later. I'm a little older, so that's a a big part of it. Um those more impressionable right. periods of your life, right? When when a record meets you at that right crossroads. Yeah. Um mm -hmm. with what's happening in your life. So this one kind of came a little bit after when I think my my prime switchfoot phase was, but I came back and 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 became a, a an even bigger fan later. But I'm excited to dig into this one and see if maybe now that experience can be redeemed and whether it's nothing or whether it's sound. I, I guess the 
Nice. The jury's out for nice. now. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I, love I love that, though. What about you? I remember being so into this album. I remember buying it the day it came out. I remember having it in my car for a few years. Uh, at this point, I cannot tell you a single thing about this record. Wow, okay. Mm. Uh, except, I think, because I, I just for something i'm going to explain very 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 shortly i looked at the track list and happy as a yuppie word was a song that i really loved and yeah. it was my introduction to the term yuppie uh, oh nice yeah i'm really excited to dig back into it too because i can't remember anything about this record like i can't I'm remember so how excited any for of it like how any <laughs> of it sounds uh oh. so i'm very excited but before we get into our flopper bot predictions Guys, if you remember, in Volume 12, The Beautiful Letdown, I introduced what I personally think was my greatest achievement on this podcast. That was the <laughs> game Switch Foot Loose. Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> in which you had to guess whether things that I told you were from the musical Footloose or were they lyrics from a Switch Foot song. So, of course, since we're covering Switch Foot again, I had to bring it back. Uh, and we're going to play Switch Foot Loose 2. Oh, yes. Two Foot Too Loose. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, Incredible. So, the way the this is going to work, I have five questions. Uh, all three of you are going to play. And uh, essentially, I'm going to read you some lyrics. And I need you to tell me are they lyrics from a song in the musical Footloose or are they lyrics written by the band Switch Foot? Is everyone ready? I feel like Very Carson's going to destroy this. We'll see. I unfortunately have a lot of experience with Footloose. Mm. Uh, so. Josh, we don't stand <laughs> Very a chance, much buddy. In, uh, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see, we'll guys. We'll find out. We'll find out. I don't <laughs> want to overpromise under the water, so we'll find out. I can't okay, wait. here we go, guys. Question number one. We feel the rhythm. We've got the music on our side. If we go with them, I'll bet we'll have a wonderful ride. Is that from Footloose? Or switch foot, foot loose. Okay, Josh. Yeah, footloose. that feels pretty very sure it's Okay, guys, that is of course from Footloose. That's from Dancing in the Sheets, song from Footloose. Excellent. So good job, everyone. It's the, it's the we that gives us away. Uh -huh. the, if we go, that's very musical right. theater. Yep, and yes. very much less. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like a call to action. Yeah, come on, yeah. guys. Yeah, yep. let's go. I, let's I was go. pretty sure when making this game that Carson was was going to destroy this game, but yeah. I, the people demanded it. The people being me. Okay, here we go. Question number two. It seems like perfect love's so hard to find. I'd almost given up. You must have read my mind. That's a tough I, one. That is a tough one. Carson's hesitation Feels... makes me think switch foot. But I'm going Feels foot like loose. something John All Foreman right. would say. Like, That's the idea he, behind the game. Being very confessional. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Yeah, the the only reason I'm leaning Switchfoot is because I don't remember what I remember about the song that this might be in, in Footloose okay. is going to watch my brother perform in Footloose, mm. and the woman uh, playing the lead the lead girl and the guy mm. playing Kevin Bacon off key, so off key. <laughs> well, I don't remember no. a single lyric. Oh, uh, just man. some high schoolers, Oof. so off. Oof. It was Ouch. so, it that's hurt rough. my ears. And so I couldn't remember if that's I wanted rough. to. So I'm going John Foreman, but that's all. Okay. 
Yeah, All I'm right. gonna I'm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Switchfoot as well. Okay, so we got two for Switchfoot, one for Footloose. In classic CJN fashion, Josh pulls ahead. That is from Almost oh. Paradise from Footloose. Oh, Almost Paradise. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh. Mm. I know. That's that what that one. Sharp. Almost <laughs> 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 Paradise. <laughs> If they hadn't been so off key all those years ago, you would have got, got that point right. I know yeah. they betrayed me back in 2010. To be fair, though, almost paradise of all the Footloose songs does like lyrically feel like the most John Foreman song. Thank you. Knocking yeah. on heaven's so, door. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Okay, guys. Question number three. Looking into your eyes, I know I'm right. If anything's worth my love, it's worth a fight. I think that's Footloose. Dang, these are good, Kylan. I know, these right? Really, really good. good. These are great. Switch Footloose is the best game I ever came up with. <laughs> Did John it's Foreman write the songs on Footloose, guys? You is he Kenny have. Loggins? Yep. Secretly. They're the same person. I just don't think that Switchfoot are the fighting boys, uh, which okay. is the only reason why I would put it in Footloose. But maybe that's valid. Wrong. That's valid. I'm thinking Footloose that's my, that's with my this logic one as well. It. Okay. Yeah, it feels it. like the end of Act Two or something, where it's like they've got to make a big decision. Let's fight, like I for feel, love. You know, I feel like John Foreman. And I feel like Switchfoot doesn't have a lot of like personal love songs of like John right. Foreman singing yeah, love yeah. songs. So yeah. that's well, I'm gonna go Footloose. Guys, you are all correct. That is yeah. from oh. "I'm Free, Heaven Help the Man" from Footloose. Yes, the punch dancing out your yeah. rage song. I think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm, there you go. So as of now. Carson and TJ have two points. Josh has three points. Josh is three for three right now. Here we go. Wow. Question number four. Break down the walls. You've got to cut the ties. There's pain burning in your eyes. That's got to be switch foot. It's, yeah. not, it's not in four. It's not like one, two, three, four. It's like two. Mm-hmm. It's got to okay. be. Yeah. Who knows? I agree. Josh? Kyle Josh? Josh? Oh yeah, I do, I do know. Footloose. <laughs> Josh is saying I'm Footloose. Going all in. Oh, for it's the drama. Me, I bet he did Footloose for every one of these. I'm. I will love it. I'm love betting that. So right now. God damn it, Josh. You okay? I I I had a specific strategy with this game because I know you're. We've been doing enough games that you try to game the game. Uh, that is from Footloose. Ah. <laughs> so Josh, that is from the song Never. So Josh got another mm. point. Here we go, guys. Last question. Carson, he's killing us. I know. Well, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> guys, secretly, <laughs> Josh is obsessed with Footloose. <laughs> That's it. Surprise. He didn't want to admit it. I just watched before. it for my monthly viewing last Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys know that if you start Footloose and Toby Max momentum at the same time, they sync up perfectly? <laughs> it's a real dark side of the moon situation. But you have to also play FM Static's album in reverse. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and it all matches up. Spot. It lines up perfectly. Oh, yeah. All right, so guys, good. here we go. Last question. Everyone's a lost romantic. Since our love became a kissing show, everyone's a Casanova. Come and pass me the mistletoe. That feels so it's musical theater. Easier to live. It's easier to love. This is, this is Switchfoot. This is from uh, Nothing is Sound. Okay. Ooh, so he did four Footloose songs, and then the last one he <laughs> and then the switched last it one. for us. He switched his foot to a switch foot? Switch to a loose? Switched feet. Switched that. Uh, I loosely switched feet. I don't know. All right, so Carson's saying switch foot. Josh, TJ? <laughs> you know what? I'm going all in. Give me some <laughs> Footloose. Yeah, I'm going Footloose, too. Okay. 
Guys, she sang the song. This is a Switchfoot it's song. Anyone. It was principal. Yeah. I, uh, it was, I know. You had to go all me. I know. Yeah. You got to edit it as if I did it a second. Uh, For sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just flip this. No one will know. No one will know. Yeah. Fix it in the edit. So I forgot to keep score, but I think Josh won our game. Josh won. Josh, oh, yeah. Josh definitely is close. Josh is the reigning yeah. champ of my games because he's played too many games with me. Uh, he understands. This is the problem, Josh, is you understand how my specific like trivia brain works. Yep. And you've now gamed the game. You have it figured out. And I Next thought time, for sure I if I was doing we... four foot loose and one switch foot, it would throw you off, but it did not. What we need right to do away. is have the guest bring the game next time so that Josh Ooh. can't game it because it's it's a total wild card at That's that point. True. Well, great job, Josh. You're yeah. fine. Good job. Great job to everyone. And Kylan. Thanks Josh. for two foot with two loose. <laughs> two foot <laughs> so loose. Two loose. Um, okay. So this is the last part of this part of the show. Our flopper bot predictions. Oh, I also want to know everyone when was the last time you listened to this record. I think Josh was the most recent. So I want him to go first. And then Carson, and then me, then TJ. Mm-hmm. Well, as you supposed, I probably, I think I listened to some of this record when we were doing The Beautiful Letdown last year. Um, I don't think I got all the way through it. I think I just hit some of the hits, some of the ones I know I like from it. So mm-hmm. it's probably been a little over a year. But I do think it's going to be a bop. I think I'm going to enjoy it. Like I said, this is one of my... I think my second favorite Switchfoot album. So I think I'm still going to enjoy it. And yeah, it'll be enough to buy. Okay. Perfect. Carson, is this going to be a flop or a bop for you? Oh, I think it's going to be a bop. <laughs> it's, okay. it's this, this album is so securely stuck in my heart that I'm like, I'm looking at these songs and I ha- like their song, like lyrics are coming to mind. Okay. Um, nice. And, and, you know, you, like you, you said the lyrics and I was like, oh yeah, I know this. Like, I know know the song that comes from, you know, and it's been years. I I, I think it's going to be about now. There are some songs that I don't recommend or that I don't remember that I probably Mm -hmm. was like, these are flops and skipped them. (laughs) Right. So I'm interested to see if that, if like this change, because I don't remember the blues. I'm looking at the track lists right now. I don't remember fatal wound. I don't remember Daisy. So I'm like, mm, those could be flops. Looking but bad, yeah. mm-hmm. as a as a full album, I'm feeling bop. I think it's a bop. All right. In my cool. in my heart. All right. I love that. <laughs> in your heart. I love that. Earlier, were you saying that you like this album more than Beautiful Letdown? Yeah. Did you were switched on those? Okay. So this is yeah, yeah, yeah. Even more I, of a so, bop than Beautiful Letdown for you. Yeah, Beautiful Letdown, because I experienced like I, my entryway was from walk to remember to switch foot so it was like dairy to move and then um what's the other big one uh meant to live meant to live oh yes meant to live yeah so so i only hit the highlights with beautiful letdown um and like Mm. the song beautiful letdown still feels like a little Mm. to me so so this album i i enjoyed quite a bit more it's not quite as yeah this is this is my switch foot album sweet all right. Cool. Okay. So for me, I think I spoke incorrectly before. I think I said Beautiful Letdown was a triple bop. But during our conversation, I think I remembered, Josh, I think I flopped this record I originally, think you did right? flop it, actually. But, yeah. well, on our 2022 wrap-up, Josh gave us the opportunity to recertify 
certain albums as flopper yeah. bops. But I had so I think I ended up bopping Beautiful Letdown, but I had to take a bop away from something else. I don't know what I was thinking on on Beautiful Letdown. I think I just enjoy the drama of being contentious. You? No. <laughs> what? Mm. Yeah. So Absurd. that surprises me. <laughs> so I think on this one, okay, next question, very important question. Josh, how many songs are on this album and how long is it? It has 12 songs. Okay. Which clocks in at 50 minutes and 54 seconds. A little bit longer. That's pretty long. That that usually affects how... Okay. Okay. I think it's just barely going to cross the line for me. I think think Mm. potentially all the problems I had with Beautiful Letdown, I'm hoping will have been smoothed out by this album. And I think it's just barely going to bop... Because I think it's going to be a, a little long for my attention span, but I think there's going to be a lot of good stuff on there. Bot prediction from me. What about you, TJ? You're last. Well, I'm 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 in the same camp as you, but for different reasons. I think it's going to be one of those bear bops that okay. you're talking about. Bear bottom bop. Yeah. So I think the reason you might bop this one where you didn't initially bop beautiful it down is i i seem to remember switchfoot getting progressively more pop on this record on hello hurricane and vice versa and then i feel like from there they they shifted and 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 moved and gelled in different ways um i could be wrong about that that's just kind of my mm. off the top of my I head remember, my recollection yeah i remember oh gravity being really poppy um because that's right. the one right after this mm-hmm. I think. yeah for sure so like that era, I remember thinking they've gone a little more pop, and that's not a bad or good thing, but I could see it being something you would value, Kylan, from a songwriting perspective and like a music enthusiast vibe guy. Like, you like that terse song construction, right? Right. And get in, get out, do your thing. I know we established that the runtime is a little long, but I feel like maybe the songs might feel a little airier because cool. the the tracks are a little different from beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I could be totally off on that, but We're I can just, just see it. I can see Welcome you. Estab- CJN. Yeah. <laughs> Facts mangled USA, but I could see that being the reason you would, you would uh, squeak a bop across the line for me. I think I would barely bop it for the opposite reason that it's not as like kind of weighty and reflective and contemplative and like, it's a little more pop. And so I'm going to be like, all right, but what did John say in this album? Right, yeah, did he yeah. say anything? Because that's what I like about Switchfoot is I like John's writing. Um, and pr- from a production standpoint, they go crazy, and that's super fun to the ear. So I think I'll barely bop it if there's enough like sort of production wizardry, great performances, and if there's some cool stuff coming from John. I'm gonna I'm gonna predict right now that I think you're gonna enjoy what John has to say more on this record than Beautiful Letdown. Ooh. Ooh, I like that, Josh. I think you will. All right. I'm here for it. I what? just feel like as as John got older, he had more to say, and I feel like that's more TJ's vibe. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's so true. So we're going to take a break. For the listeners, it's just going to be a couple minutes. For us, we're going to take a week to listen to Nothing Is Sound, and we will see y'all in part B. Woo! Hey, jammers. Kylan here with our beautiful producer, Josh. We're going to interrupt the show really quick to talk about, once again, our favorite sponsor of all time, CollideRecords.com. So this week, you know, we're talking about Nothing is Sound by Switchfoot. It's our second Switchfoot episode. 
And so I decided, you know, it, it might be kind of fun to just, you know, maybe see uh, what Switchfoot they had available on CollideRecords.com. And boy, let me tell you, <laughs> uh, they got it all. Did your browser, <laughs> was it able to load everything that they have in stock? I think so. I think so. It is lots and lots and lots. It is all of your Switchfoot needs. It's it's Switchfoot. It's John Foreman. It's Fiction Family. It's, it's Fiction Family. Yes. New Switchfoot. It's old Switchfoot. There's everything that you could pop. CDs, LPs, even DVDs. They got DVDs on there. That's just absolutely incredible. Yeah, spanning yeah. their entire catalog. It's great. If you're a Switchfoot fan, which I think statistically a lot of people, especially listeners of our show, are, then, right. I mean, get to Collide Records and start a browsing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you could spend all day just, just looking at this. Anything Switchfoot or Switchfoot adjacent, you can totally pick up. And Josh, can you tell people if they want such a good deal on all of their Switchfoot needs. Uh, can you tell them how they could maybe uh, obtain that at Collide? I've got a little special something for you guys. If you go to colliderecords.com and use the promo code CHURCHJAMSNOW, all one word, at checkout, you'll get 20% off your first order. So if you've been holding out on getting the new re-recorded Beautiful Letdown Switchfoot's R version on LP, let me tell you, you can go there. It's on sale right now, and you can get 20% off. They have a swimming pool clear variant. There's a gold metallic one, too, but the clear. swimming pool looks... I mean, it's perfect for that record, right? Like, that just yep, makes sense. It's so good. So it's I think so good. that's something that y'all should do. 100%. Once again, at checkout, type in Church Jams now for 20% off your first purchase. I think that's going to be it for us. Uh, let's get right back to it. Welcome back, jammers. Guys, I've been more consistent about using the jammers thing, right? Have I'm you proud of you. That? Yeah. Thank you. Good yeah. thing. I still feel weird about it, but I'm using it. Carson McCain, our friend, is back. Hi, Carson. Hi, I'm here. Hello. You are here. Uh, we spent the week listening to Nothing Is Sound by Switchfoot. Uh, so I always ask before we dive in no one ever has an answer but maybe this will be the week do we have any general thoughts we want to say before we uh start going track by track i mean i pushed play and there was no sound because i think the album oh my god like, nothing okay. Okay. on it okay yeah. it was copy protected i wondered if it was copy protected tj yeah got it <laughs> yep that's that, that tracks that explains a lot all right i do right. something kylan you do you have general thoughts I well, I have something I'm just gonna tell you. It's not a. I guess it's kind of is a general thought. Uh, I yesterday I posted on the CJN Twitter and asking okay. where people thought uh, where people where this record fell in people's Switchfoot discography rankings. Uh, we wait, kinda, sorry, uh, you posted it where on the Church Jams Now Twitter on what oh, wait, on what oh on uh, what CJNX. <laughs> oh gosh, I forgot about my that. app <laughs> updated today, so I'm yeah, it's horrid. It. It's, it's horrid. This is why I asked y'all if we should get on threads. Like, I know, but y'all laughed at me, but now I did not like, laugh at you. I, <laughs> if you want to run the CJN threads account, go for it because <laughs> perfect, it'll be so bad, <laughs> it'll be mostly be our complex. most successful social media campaign uh -huh. on the platform. But anyways, on Thanks, whatever Josh. former the platform formerly known as Twitter, yeah, uh, I asked. Mm -hmm. Yep, I asked what people thought of this record, and got a little bit all over the place. But 
I would say the majority of people said this is in like their top three Switchfoot records. I got a lot of number ones, a lot of number twos, a couple threes. Okay. Some people said it was like middle. I had like one or two say it was like last or like towards the end. But I would say the overwhelming majority is comfortably in top three. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I was scooping that thread last night. Uh, (laughs) I was like, ooh. What do other there's, people there's think? Validate yeah. my opinion. <laughs> mm. Do you feel validated? <laughs> I did. It felt good. It felt good to see it. Um, and and also, like to me, wasn't unexpected. I just think the album's really good. I have. I mean, I have a general thought before we go, yeah. which is just like, tell me. I'm I'm excited to dive into each track, but I was also impressed re-listening to it that like thematically i think it's a package uh mm-hmm. of an album you know mm-hmm. a, a lot of albums you listen to fully i mean i listen to more pop than mm-hmm. anything and it feels all over the place or right. an album feels kind of like you know you can tell when a different producer was on it or yeah. you can feel uh just sort of that different writers are collaborating, et cetera. This just very, this very much felt cohesive sound yep. and thematically for sure top to tail to me. Hmm. Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah. Um, though I, though I have some I thoughts so. about the order of the. Hey, oh, perfect. We love album. alternate track. The lists. ideal order. <laughs> yes, we love alternate track lists here, and I have some thoughts Incredible. about that too. Okay, before oh, we okay. get into track okay. number one, I'm just gonna say it right now, guys. I, f- I figured uh, rather than belaboring it throughout the entire podcast, I'll just say right now, we're just going to say it one time because it, it's a note I had for almost every song. I think every song is too long. So I'm just going to tell you all that now. And then we can, we can maybe right. address it <laughs> at different points in the album See, rather than I- me saying it on every song. I, which is funny because I think the album is a little long, but I think it's because there are some obvious skips. And so I think, you know, overall you take three out and it's a better. I love that. (laughs) I'm I'm so here for that. Okay, guys. Well, let's go ahead and pull Stephen Curtis Chapman and dive right into track number one, Lonely Nation. So you guys know how I feel about album openers. I think this is a perfect album opener. I agree. What do you like about it? Well, they do. First off, there's quite a few intros of songs. You know, I also love intros that are like really weird sort of like sound effects and like weird kind of like screamy, almost radio static things, which uh, to go back to Carson's point I feel helps make the whole thing feel kind of cohesive and that it's about something specific. Like the album name has a meaning. Um, and we'll, 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 we'll definitely get more into that, but yeah, I think this is just, this perfectly encapsulates kind of what Switchfoot does. Yeah. And I like how they start on like a minor, like unsettled sound. Like I feel like coming off of the beautiful it down. It I wrote that, been... that. I wrote that a bunch of times through this album. Yeah. I like yeah. that. And like, I mean, John opened up with the last record for Meant to Live. Like, Meant to Live is pretty, like, big and anthemic. 
but the whole the whole like ethos of it is like we're meant for more than this like we're not at our full potential kind of thing so it has a little darkness in there whereas this one is definitely more in that so i feel like i like that he opens it up with some uneasiness and some longing for more instead of just something Mm -hmm. like real bright and poppy and like an obvious radio single this also feels like a good if you've heard meant to live and dare you to move like if this opener feels in that vein it feels like that. like yeah exactly yeah some of these songs i think very much differ from those big sounds but as an mm. album opener i'm like yeah i am hearing switchfoot this makes sense yep. i i know this voice the drums feel familiar the rhythm mm. feels familiar the um it doesn't feel too off the wall as an opener yeah I'm it really feels in. like it fits as a like a sequel to those those songs and that that album in general yeah. mm-hmm. um which is great you know and it, but i i did feel like when it opened i was like is this lincoln park <laughs> or Switchfoot? like what am i listening to and not in a bad way it was just like that yeah, minor, minor key kind of dark the component y'all were there, talking about it it, it was mm-hmm. it was just enough to throw me off if there were some make, record scratches it could fresh, be a, a lincoln park song yeah yeah <laughs> incredible yeah or maybe Earth Zoo. Ooh, Who knows? Earth Zoo, yeah. Well, could be. One time. Um, I do feel like this is a note I have multiple times, but God damn, John Foreman's voice is so perfectly suited to this sort of like wall of sound radio rock. Uh, and he yep. just balances that line between yeah. doing like, like power singing and just like sounding exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he does because he does the vocal fry yes. thing a lot. And he just like he sounds so world weary, which also kind of ties into, I feel like, a lot which of the fits. thematic elements mm-hmm. uh, on this record. I thought it was so good. The one mm-hmm. thing, one negative thing, uh, like I said a little bit ago, uh, uh, we talked about on or we brought it up a few times how on Take Me to Your Leader, Newsboys kind of had that problem of almost like too much song. Uh, which is crazy because he he packs in a lot of lyrical content, but there's a lot of lines that just kind of repeat that makes it feel extra long to me. That they probably could have like maybe oh, shaved like percent. like maybe shaved off a minute of this song. Like you didn't need a thousand. I want more than my lonely nation. Lonely, lonely. You know. Yeah. But we yeah. didn't do. Yeah. Don't leave me all alone. Yeah. But it's. It's so funny because, like, how many times do you hear the word lonely in this particular song um, and desperation? And those, mm-hmm. both of those words specifically are repeated all over this album. Like, those, if you had to put, I should have done a count. I, like, wrote down lyrics that were repeating um, oh, yeah. because I think alone is in every, or lonely is in every single song. Yeah. There really does seem to be this song kicks things off with a theme of kind of that that loneliness and this problem of our individualistic culture um, and some other sort of connected symptoms maybe or causes and just a general, like you said, desperation to to connect and and, um, find union. And instead, there's this kind of feeling of being cut off. And even like the ver- I think it's verse one where there's some line about blood, sweat, and one thing's missing. Hmm. 
Like mm-hmm. that line's great. That's first so of all. good. But it's pointing so to this idea of like not being able to even connect with your emotions because like you can't even get to the tears. Like you're you're kind of just right, kind of off from being able to express yourself or connect to right. other people. Yeah, that's super good. Yeah. Um, and I do think we see mm-hmm. it all across this album, but, which is why I think this you know, this makes it. It's another in the plus column for album opener because like I'm all about album openers that like set the tone and the thematic vibe statement yeah. for the for the album and it is, does this mm-hmm. uh musically and lyrically i think it's incredibly successful and, and like we were saying too of tying back to the previous sound while still kind of doing something a little bit new you know what i mean i think it's great yeah did y'all notice that bar of five at uh i think it's like one no, 22 or something I did not and the drum fill works perfectly to like accent it but then to keep you kind of rolling into oh, the next wow. section. No. So you don't really get that That's a good catch. feeling of like, oh, yeah. what's this? You don't feel off. You just feel really locked in, even though it is That's weird. What is that? Um, oh, musically, they just what add a beat like from the... Yeah, they just... Huh. Yeah, it's in like 4-4, four, four, but they yeah. did a bar of 5 instead of 4. Huh. So weird. That was a good catch, yeah. TJ. Yeah, I did not even track yeah, that. Yeah, no kidding. And then to lead into that chorus that goes mm-hmm. so hard... And considering it's like a a timing thing, that made me pay more attention to the kick drum on the chorus and how like very perfectly percussive mm-hmm. it is to to throw some alliteration yeah. at y'all. And it under it it like underlines John's singing choices, like his mm-hmm. cadence. The kick drum and his vocals on the chorus are just like perfect. They're so sweet. They feel yeah. locked in. Um and it's almost like some double kick action or or he's like doing right. pseudo double kick. Uh, whatever it is, he's pulling it off. And I, I it's good. It's a I good love song. It. No, it's good. Like is that. it anyone's favorite song on the record? It is not. Okay. I did find TJ and I said, I know you said you had a couple of John Foreman stuff. I did find something uh, from a 2005 article that. Uh, if I may read it from John about the record and the ideas. Bring it. He says, what is true happiness? Is it a comfortable four-door sedan with tinted windows? Does it mean I have 2.3 children and a beautiful wife and live in a great neighborhood? Everyone has their own version of what happiness means, but many of the things we're going for, and I include myself in this, are absurd. There's this moment in scripture in Ecclesiastes where it says meaningless, 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 everything is meaningless. That's the place where our new record starts. So yeah, I like that that's the whole theme Mm -hmm. that's like in this song, but obviously like Carson said, it's just a whole record too. We'll talk, uh, I say we, I will talk more about this later, but I think this album like pretty clearly captures that weird part of Christianity where if you like look at it close, you're like, wait, do you all want to die? And and the answer is like, kind (laughs) of. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for that. It just, I just think he, like, he, that weird part of, of what Christianity, like, is when you, like, really investigate, like, so you want, you want this perfect, you're, like, longing for this thing. And he's like, yeah, absolutely, bring it on. Like, death (laughs) is inevitable and I'm ready. Um, It's kind of. It's almost like uh, Christianity by way of nihilism or something. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I, which yeah. I like is a perfectly valid way to practice. And I think it, it, it feels like a well. very 2005 
like a very cultural sentiment. 2005 sentiment. Yeah, because we're like, you yeah. know, right, like post 9-11, middle of the Iraq war, there's like all these changes within media and culture and specifically people like Switchfoot, like that have been in the music industry. There's like a lot of changes in that as well. And I feel like, yeah, that sort of nihilism, uh, Christian nihilistic tendencies do come out a lot in this in this record yeah yeah and john's never been one to shy away from right kind of confronting or addressing a lot of that kind of stuff which is i think why i've always gravitated toward him as a lyricist and specifically speaking about this song i do have another john quote that lines up with what you shared josh um desperate times call for desperate measures over the course of our time on the road as a band I have met so many amazing, beautiful, desperate, lonely people. We are the lonely nation. We are the disenchanted, the disillusioned. We are the the remnant of lonely souls wanting more than anything that we can buy with this cold, hard cash. I wrote this song while we were playing a stretch of rock radio shows. I'd walk around near the back and just breathe in the loneliness. Masses of lonely, scared kids. I remember thinking about the irony. Here you have this connected generation of online communities IM, TM, MySpace, and cell phones. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that great? That dates the quote. Um, And cell phones that grows more and more lonely every day. This is a song. This song is still yearning, saying, don't settle, please don't give up. Fight for the only true, for only the true and the beautiful. And then he says, we wanted to start the record off with this track because we feel this song picks up where meant to live left off, to your point, Carson. There is hope for meaning and truth in this life, but it probably doesn't come in the form of a corporate slogan. We, the target market, want more than this world has to offer. This is a song where Tim and Chad drive the verses and the guitars take the chorus. We've played this song many times live and refined it quite a bit from its original state. There's nothing like playing a new song in front of real people with real opinions. The people at those shows, the extended Switchfoot family, he says, uh, they shaped this song just as much as anyone. A little bit of background and like theme and also some kind of behind the scenes about the song yeah um, well and it's funny to hear that knowing this came out in 2005 because we know now from a therapy perspective like behavioral issues in kiddos uh have dropped dramatically so risky behaviors like drinking and uh sex Mm -hmm. all of that stuff has gone way down but depression and anxiety and disconnected reports have gone way up in Mm -hmm in that sort of high school teen. Wow. You heard it here first, age. folks. Hmm. Um, so he's, I teenagers mean, he should, should drink yeah. and have sex. It's a real quote <laughs> yeah, from Carson okay. McCain, therapist. <laughs> That's what, uh, yeah, therapist <laughs> That's Carson McCain. That's what she said. <laughs> that is exactly, yeah. Yeah, but it's funny he's like putting his finger on that already. Of like, yeah. this is yeah. right. connected. It was already a thing back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think like listening to this album, a lot of those themes and ideas feel even more true now so yeah you know as as there are moments that feel a little heavy-handed it also feels more true than ever i don't know it's it's kind of both yeah it's, it's been both yeah. for me unfortunately it is more true than ever mm-hmm. yeah for sure all right guys do we have anything else about lonely nation perfect all good let's Mm-mm. let's move on to track number two stars This intro is so good. It's perfect. I think 
I think this song, it, you know, a lot, I would say a lot of the time when like albums will release singles and you're like, why, why was that the single? Um, mm. And this one was, I think was the single yes. and it was exactly it was. right. It was yeah. absolutely correct. It was perfect. It's a perfect standalone. Perfect. Yeah. I'm, I'm being a little uh, hyperbolic, but. <laughs> no, it, it, I, well, it's, it's meant to live part two. I feel like. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. It's, it's a riffy banger, man. It really is. It just doesn't yeah. stop. I've, it won't I feel quit. like TJ, your Lincoln Park thing. I felt on this song, if you just tune these guitars yeah. down a whole step and then like convert them to a minor key, you have a Chevelle song. Like mm. that's a Chevelle Ooh. riff. Incredible. <laughs> yep, dude, they're so riffy. I always like. Uh, this it's is a note very, I had later on. It's heavy in the too. Record. But yeah, because okay, I always just associate Switchfoot with like John Foreman's very pretty voice. That I forget how fucking hard they can go musically <laughs> mm-hmm. you know like they have yeah. those moments where I they had get that moment really hard and heavy yeah i had a moment listening to this song where i had that a similar thought it was like this is why i like switchfoot they take these like ideas that a lot of bands do to death and they like fit them into songs that have a little more substance sonically or melodically and it's like they take the riffy cool fun concepts from like pop punk or heaviness mm. from metal or whatever but a lot of bands out there that are just kind of doing it on a tropey level switchfoot right. takes those ideas and concepts and like re, re like synthesizes them into something way right. more interesting but and, like, they also then package it into cool. i would say a more pop rock like a more yes kind of pop format which is i mean totally. it's kind of the genius of this band it's it's pretty it's pretty rad. It's there's a good reason they're stars, right? Oh, I like that. Hey. 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 I I kind of always felt like I had a little bit of like a lyrical like problem with this song because like it's so obvious. Like, oh, when I look right. at the stars, like I feel like myself. And I've always kind of like winced at it a little bit. But I feel like John can get away with it because like he seems so sincere when he's like He's one of the only yeah. people that can sing when I look at the stars, I feel like myself. And you're like, right. you don't feel like it's like so cheesy or just like so lame. So right. I don't know. I always like kind of look down on the song, but I am looking at it much better after this last week's that's, lesson. That's Good. really funny and and interesting to me because I, you know, I, I do think this is one of the poppier songs, one mm-hmm. of the more like, you know, packaged for the masses songs. Mm-hmm. But poetically, like the theme that we are made of stars uh, is like something from, you know, you like we are such stuff which dreams are made of is like Shakespeare, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, what my favorite play in the world talks about, like there's a there's a um, piece um, that talks about how every and every speck of dirt uh is um infinity asteroids and your great great grandmother and just like the idea that we all have stars in each like the stardust and molecules have been inhaled and expanded throughout the universe so so like it's like sure cheesy but i'm also like this is the heart of poetry (laughs) and 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 honestly uh, you know again hyperbolic but the idea that 
I like this idea because this feels more holy to me than like a God idea, right. you know, yeah, this yeah. idea that like in like looking up at an infinite sky with nature and feeling connected to a giant world that has nothing to do with me, like all like feels mm. more holy to me than right. this, than the, like some theological idea. Of God. Right, yeah, so yeah, I also yeah. like that he's getting on about that. Yeah. Too. No, I, I love that Carson. Like I, I definitely related to a lot of what you just said when I was listening through, I had similar thoughts because it is poetic and it's also like, I feel like John is invoking like philosophy, poetry, and physics mm-hmm. all at once mm-hmm. across this album. And so he's using these ideas that are like the natural world. Like he's invoking like elemental concepts and ideas to pull us back to ourselves and to connect us to each other. Right. We talked about connection and, and isolation and individualism and desperation and um, these, these things. Like I think he's in, invoking again, like the natural world to call us back to ourselves and to connect us to each other and yeah to josh's point like sure the line in the chorus is pretty could be seen as kind of rote or like it's cheesy kind of but also it's like you look at the stars you see someone else look at the stars feel like yourself like that idea of like seeing someone else but also seeing yourself or feeling yourself i feel like he's not only rhyming the someone else sound with self but he's also trying to make a point and talk about mm-hmm. how the two are the same, like how we are. We are one. Inherently linked. We are one tonight. today. So t- tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. Okay. Yep. Cool. You got it. <laughs> um, but he did. He he did like cite Descartes, and then like when he talked about writing this song. So I mean. Oh. He was in his heady stage, you know, and like trying to do a lot of that stuff. But I think it works. I don't know. And and Josh, also to not push back because I, I agree with you, but to contextualize, I think the reason for me that John, part of why John pulls it off is his performance. Like you're saying, like he's so, you just believe yeah, him. For sure. Um, but I think also his writing in, in the rest of the song helps give substance to a chorus that could be a little overly simplistic like the verses yeah. support a more simple chorus because they kind of get a little more complex. yeah i got i got that because like you're like oh i look at the stars or whatever but then like the verse there's a line where he says stars looking at our planet watching entropy and pain yes. and maybe start to wonder yes. how the chaos of our lives could pass a saying like that's not like yeah that's a that's a heavy line for a song Great singing line. about stars so yeah it says yeah. more right. to it yeah than I it kind of balances yeah things it definitely out. does yeah, and the, the the line, so I wrote down in most of these, like my favorite lyric from each song. Cool, um, love that. And, and my favorite lyric from this song um, is um, a world beyond our own and suddenly the infinite and penitent begins to look like home. Like that mm-hmm. feels like the thing of like, I look out, mm-hmm. there is a void and it is infinite and I'm not afraid of it, um, mm-hmm. which is like the opposite again when we think of like christian death scare feels i'm like eh, infinity is yeah. scary and i don't like it you know but that's but another. instead like having it as a reassuring yeah concept sort of way to see life and reality mm-hmm. dang well, that post-course riff is nearly infinite <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. Now, now <laughs> the rest of my notes just feel silly because that was like very no. profound from all of y'all. I'm like, I like the swirly vocals in the bridge. And he says stars too much. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> like, like this song. You're agree. not you wrong. Could, you could have. This is another. You, you could have cut a minute off of this song, off of the end, and I think you would have. It, it still would have been a home run. <laughs> that yeah. the y'all. I'm about to sound really lame to the three of you, but uh, so uh, the other person I'm an expert in or album person mm-hmm. musically I'm an expert in is Taylor Swift. Well, hell and she yeah, is dude. known for the bridges being the best part of sure. her songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I do not think Switchfoot has the same. <laughs> uh, unfortunate. <No. laughs> I don't mm-hmm. think they hey, suffer from but, that same syndrome. Can we address really quick why, why, why you'd be so quick to think that liking Taylor Swift would make you lame in our eyes? Because y'all are musical, like you're much smarter than me no, when it comes to music. No, and that's dude, just a fact. That's, but no, 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 dude. that's absolutely true. But well, that's but the beauty of music. Taylor though. Swift's a a musical smart person. Yeah, too. Yes. 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 So, yeah, I think we we would all be able to. It's yeah, the same uh, stigma. Respect a lot of yeah. right of like that I put on myself of like oh, this thing that I like sincerely right. is not going to be enough no, for other people. Like, Taylor 100%. Swift fucking slaps, dude. Uh, speak now <laughs> I'm glad, to hear. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, no, my wife and I, okay. we, we, do, we make these top 10 lists regularly mm-hmm. uh, for different bands and stuff, and we just did our Taylor Swift top 10 list a few weeks ago. I'll, I'll, I'll have to send you mine. It is a little unhinged in terms of typical Taylor Swift no. fandom, but I love uh, it. I'm so excited. We did a bracket during the pandemic, which is how yeah. I sort of found my Taylor Swift community hell of, yeah. um, and we all had different criteria. So some of us were like, these are the ones I like. And then we had a friend who's a dramaturg and she was like, um, I rated them based on these four categories, uh, singability. <laughs> and, and I was like, it was just so, Silly and fun, and I love it. You know, Um, there's a reason she's the biggest pop star in the world. She's good at what she does. Yeah, Yeah. nothing but respect from from the CJN crew. I just want to get that out in the universe. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear (laughs) Uh, it, and it makes set the precedent. It makes me feel feel better because like those are music. I'm glad except for Scott. And I don't blame <laughs> you. Take that back, TJ. Like, that I back. personally get Scott. I've got a, a lot of grief for my views on Scott. They threw an extra chord into the final bridge, and I liked it cool. a lot. So, I'll I'll put that out there as like, you know, um, an argument for, for, the, for sometimes Switchfoot sometimes does some, good bridges. Okay. All right, all yeah. right. Uh, let's move on to track number three. Happy is a yuppie word. <laughs> Josh. Hey, hey, TJ. They did the thing. They did the thing on this one. The thing oh, you they like. they did do the thing. Yes, it did. What's the did. thing you like? Uh, where they played the notes and the drummer hits the drums. And it sounds and good. it sounds good. <laughs> the title of the album is in a song. The inferred title But it's not track. the title of the song. Yes. Oh, yeah. Josh does love an inferred title Josh loves track. That. Yeah. I do love that. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Thanks for noticing, TJ. Yeah, you got it, man. I thought it was cool too. That's good. This gu- the guitar tone, specifically in the intro, is beautiful. 
I love it. I want that guitar tone on all of my songs. I yeah, it is pretty great. Do not like the intro to this song. Really? Ooh, what yes. about it? Why? Why? I don't. I can't put my finger on exactly why. <laughs> it's so it's definitely the rock because, and I had a whole uh, moment where, as I was listening to it, I was like that growl is so fr and then and then i realized that i've had that that particular sound in my brain like as an adult anytime you read someone growled at them like or something, like that is what you i, I john hear Foreman. john Foreman going, <laughs> and i'm like i just can't i just so honest so so i'll be honest i don't know if it's the intro itself but when i used to listen to this album as a child child teen young adult right <laughs> uh this was a skip for me Ooh, really? and so i would hear oh, the intro wow. and i'd skip mm, so i don't know if it's after a left the rah part i you, probably you, you were reaching as, as soon as it came on you're like probably don't, don't want to hear it, it okay. mid mid rah <laughs> yeah, yeah, mid rah. Rah. mid growl yes. i'm done I'm out. have your yes. thoughts changed on it in all those years since then not the all those years but some years Yes and no. I don't enjoy this song the same way I enjoy the others. And that's because of nostalgia, right? Like I, right. like putting on this album, I was shocked how, like, I remembered the lyrics. Like I was like, yes, I can sing along with yes. every one of these songs. And I didn't, mm. that wasn't conscious in my mind. Right. Um, I never liked the word yuppie. I always thought it was stressful. Um, I get <laughs> just that. like it's stressful I, you know, to I, me to I sing. I get that. And 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 then when I when I started critically thinking about it for today, I I want to hear y'all's thoughts because mm -hmm. I would I would like to better understand this about myself. Um, <laughs> but what I wrote was I think I'm unclear about the theme mm. because I feel like happy is a yuppie word is telling me happiness isn't everything, and mm -hmm. so instead, so I'm like so instead joy, but then also. I can't take anything with me because also I'm like dying and I can't cash out. <laughs> and then also I want more. And then I wasn't clear what the more was in this particular song. And then also nothing is sound, which feels like everything is chaos and I don't know. And to me, right. I'm like, yeah, everything is chaos. And I don't know about this song. <laughs> <laughs> but the nothing is sound bridge is my favorite part. And I think that slaps. So. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's that's my couldn't tell you why that's as critically as I've thought about it. Nice. So I'd love to hear y'all's y'all's feelings because Kylan, you remembered this song. Well, this was this was very close in the running for my favorite song on the record. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's just like it's long, but it's just like I I didn't you know you, you guys know I don't particularly pay a ton of attention to to lyrics. I did remember like all the lyrics to this, but. It, that's always the weirdest thing about this podcast is like, I know lyrics if I'm just singing along, but I, m my brain, it, it takes an extra step to like actually think about what the lyrics mean beyond just being sounds that I can also make. <laughs> um, <laughs> well said. <laughs> sounds that I can also make. But I don't know. I like, yeah, I just, I, I really like, like the vibe of this song. I like, it feels like it, it's got this real sort of that that going back to that sort of nihilistic or existential thing that 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 we've been talking about. I uh, I like 
don't know. I, 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 I didn't write very good notes. So I'm trying to just like, like the only other just note I have on this is, is I like the low piano uh, that sounds kind of low in the mix. I don't know. I, it's been a, it's been a week guys. Um, but I, I like the whole thing of like happy is a yuppie word. It's like, there's this false construct of like what makes us happy, mm-hmm. but also like, like that kind of happiness, quote unquote happiness feels hollow. But then he also says like, mm-hmm. I don't believe the emptiness. I'm looking for the king room coming down. So like there is something kind of hopeful for it. And then just the the vibe of just the bridge of just screaming nothing is sound. His screams are like or his yells are just so good. I just think it's a rad song. But I feel like Carson was a lot more articulate in why it doesn't make sense. But part of that whole chaotic like what does it mean? What is it like what is he exactly trying to say? Does it work? Does it not work? Kind of yeah. weirdly really works I, for me. I may have I may have some answers to that. TJ, I don't oh, want to cool. step on any notes that you may have or polls or anything. If you have... Shoot, man. Go for okay. it. Okay, well, the title of this song comes from a 1991 Rolling Stone interview with Bob Dylan, uh, to which she was asked on his mm-hmm. 50th birthday, uh, I guess if he was happy, to which Bob replied... Those are yuppie words. Happiness and unhappiness. (laughs) It's not happiness or unhappiness. It's blessed (laughs) or unblessed. That was such Uh, a good Gollum impression. (laughs) Yeah, I've really been working on it. Thank you. Thanks for noticing. Yeah. Like a rolling stone, like a yuppie word. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so John says, for me, happy is a yuppie word is the heart of the record pumping blood out to the limbs and mouth. It's that existential, urban, suburban moment of thinking, wow, all this happiness that I've been trying to achieve is really just the yuppie version. Mm. So that's, I guess, where he's Mm. coming at it from this song. And it's interesting that he thinks it's the heart of the record, like pumping out to the rest of Mm -hmm. it. So here's here it is. Here it is. I think I just disagree. I just like disagree that happy is a yuppie word, and that yeah. might be why I don't like this song. That's valid. Yeah, <laughs> that it may be valid. that simple, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think he's trying to use happy as like a like a fall guy. Yeah, I, and so your definition of happy probably that's what it comes down to yes, ultimately, right? Totally. So he's setting up happy as a fall guy, f- and and contrasting it with the idea i think of like joy or contentment or just realizing that life is complex and it's full of ups and downs i think that's the that's the premise of the song i mean even like the the album title line in this song nothing is sound it i was today years old when i thought about the the double meaning of that nothing is sound as in yeah. nothing is firm solid substantial whole sound right um, i don't know about y'all but that was that didn't hit me until today so i added another note and i was like i think he's making an argument for like everything that we spend our lives chasing if it is this kind of superficial ephemeral happiness that's not sound it's not whole mm-hmm. right. right so he's sort of contrasting that and saying if you figure that out if you figure that out that that happiness is ultimately insubstantial that's freeing. And so mm. nothing in the world could fail me now if I understand that happy is a yuppie word. Yeah. Mm. I guess it just makes me sad to think that 
and and right this is a certain time in his life i don't know john foreman <laughs> right. uh, but like it makes me sad that someone would think like happiness doesn't matter because like i do think mm. at some point like right. we all kind of deserve some superficial happiness you know like what yeah, are we yeah. doing here well, I think he's I think he's addressing more of the societal like this is what happiness looks like of having all okay. this stuff. Looks I think like. I think that's what he's trying to address. Yeah, what happiness mm-hmm. looks like versus what it actually is. But I I agree though, Carson. I hope like my hope is that it wasn't just John being bummed out and writing like a kind of depressed record of like, you know, uh, well, the, a time and a place yeah, the rest for all of his bummers. I'm really on board with. It's just this one that I'm like. Yeah, you know, it, there, there's a little bit of like a sort of, I, I would say like a a, a Gen X hipster uh, kind of <laughs> view of that. Specifically yeah. talking about like yuppies and stuff. Like sort of in the vein of like REM, like shiny happy people. You know, I feel like mm-hmm. there was this real sort of not countercultural, but sort of like artistic movement in, in the nineties and two thousands that were sort of pushing back against quote unquote suburbia and just feeling like, Hey man, like that's just like kind of lame. Like we don't, you know, and I feel like maybe that's sort of the perspective that he's coming from in this song. I don't know. That makes a lot lot of sense. It's useful to go. John Foreman's not a millennial or if he's, is he's on the side because right because because yeah because yeah. for us it's His like perspective will be a little different yeah every scrap of happiness actually mm-hmm. matters to my full life <laughs> right but but uh-huh. gen x had a lot more of that like sort of ironic detachment yes that, that sort of like oh Post we're gonna make fun of, of the normal people you know mm-hmm. where yeah mo- if normal is like, happy i don't want that yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. right nice but he still has a little bit of like optimism yeah. Too. Like his bridge, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Is like I he I mean, I I like this. This is kind of funny, but he says in the bridge, I'm looking for a bridge. I can't burn down. <laughs> Meta. Um but yeah, it is. Maybe he heard your note, Carson, about how Switchfoot can't write yeah. bridges and he was like, I'm looking for a bridge I can't burn down. Hey. Ooh, Can y'all nice. help me? That's also my favorite line of the song. No, it's so good. It's a great line. And there's a little bit of like positivity in it. So he's not just like cranky and angsty. He, I feel like he, he's trying to balance a, a little bit of that positivity back in. For sure. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. We're only three songs. On. Oh, okay. This is <laughs> I'm one of, so this, sorry. I was going to be real quick. This is one of my favorites. I, I'm with you, Kyle. This okay, is one of my cool. favorites on the record. It was, it was almost my favorite. Nice. It was Josh, almost I'm my favorite, too. I'm wondering if we have the same favorite uh, on this record. I'm, I'm kind of between mm. three, but I don't think I'm picking I'm kinda, this one right now. Okay. Yeah, I, I was between two. Mm. Okay, let's move on to track number four. The shadow proves the sunshine. Sunshine, won't you be my mother? Sunshine, come and help me see. My heart is darker. We made it to my favorite song. <laughs> we did it uh, i was, was guessing when you, when you mentioned your favorite song in this in the part a i was like i wonder if it's shadow yeah, it the sunshine and it is yeah, it is this is um, also nice in the running for mine as well i used to so part of i i journaled a lot and i didn't have a like a dear diary format i was very all over the place 
And if I had a song, I would just journal that song. So I journaled this song over and over and over again. Like I just remember writing the lyrics and feeling like they were flowing from me and like important <laughs> enough that like, this is what I was feeling. I can't, I don't think I can talk very critically about this song because it's so close to my heart. I get that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I can maybe pinpoint a little bit why it's one of Josh's favorite songs. Oh, I'd love to hear why. <laughs> Because uh, it starts out Tell just Josh like about his super life. groovy, and then about halfway through, it turns into a U two song. <laughs> it, it, <Yeah>. yep, <laughs> it, does. it really does. It like straight That's up, correct. like his vocal performance even too is like super Bono. Mm-hmm. And it, well, that it's, second layer of his vocals mm-hmm. too, like at the end, uh-huh. the high harmonies, mm-hmm. yeah, so dreamy, perspective. And the the beginning part of this song too reminds me the most of sort of John Foreman's solo stuff, like his seasons mm-hmm. EPs and stuff. It's so yes. good. This is a great song. It is this like the slow tension building throughout the whole song. I think mm-hmm. is so well done. Like every time, every like first chorus they add a layer. Second verse yep. they add a layer. Like I love how everything comes in on the second verse, like the piano and just gets more fuller, mm-hmm. but it's still building until it gets to that big shine on me part, which is great. Yeah, it is a great I might build. Only beef with this song is I don't know, that whole shine on me, the bridge. I think maybe they should have just done it the one time. Yes. Instead of going back to the second time. Cause I feel like if you just had it the one time, you'd been like, there's the release, that's it. And then right. it kind of comes down from that, but then doing it again feels a little too much for me but that's the only thing i can complain about on this song but the drums sound great on this so song. good can we talk about yes, that talk too? about it TJ. please yeah let's let's have our little drum corner tj well i just yeah i just think they're one of those bands that like figured out how to do that kind of pop radio rock thing that you that you've hit on a couple of times kylan but not shying away from like really interesting thoughtful production yeah. like they don't they don't dumb down anything for radio audiences you know like they're leaning into really great i don't know what their miking setup was but i feel like i'm in the room with with that drum yeah you know i feel like i can see it when i hear him playing yeah exactly Um, yeah it does because it's and it might go back to the to the chris lord alch thing you know like he mm. you know i i feel like everyone really associates everything he does with like guitars with the wall of sound in terms of guitars but mm-hmm. the way that he compresses drums, I think just like kind of changed the game in a lot of ways because yeah. it, it is simultaneously like, yeah, like, like you said, it, it feels like we're in the room, but it also feels like I'm in an arena. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're, they're simultaneously like, like you get that attack that's super, mm-hmm. like super hot. But then Present. there's just so yep. much room too in those drums. They just like it's massive. Like they hit yeah. you in your soul. Like they're just uh so good. And especially as this song is such a builder, mm-hmm. it pays off that the production right. is so good mm-hmm. that by yeah. the time you get to the the big moment, like it all sounds so clean and huge. Mm-hmm. So I don't know a ton about music, but what I wrote down was uh in the way that stars was like twinkly at the beginning mm-hmm. and the end, mm, yes. this felt spacey at the end. Like, yeah. if, like mm-hmm. the, the like string of the guitar, I was like, this feels like space to me, mm-hmm. larger and bigger in that sort of strange ending. Yeah, I had a similar note. I was like the, the glittery kind of bleeps and yeah. boops and the roads. the boops and, and bops, and, yes. <laughs> and the guitar like 
kind of you feedback feel like stuff a beam is like of light shooting from the sun to earth. Yeah. I think yeah. that's yeah. kind of too why I I know I've said it a thousand times on the song already, but I think that's another like to me specifically feels reminiscent of U2. Like everything feels really like spacey and huge and you just like feel connected to like not only them performing but the people on stage even though they're like so far away, like they just have this sort of dynamism within a live performance and I think Switchfoot also like in a lot of ways sort of follows in that vein in a way that there's not a lot of other bands post sort of switch foot around this point that i feel like maybe do that i could just be getting old mm. i don't know but <laughs> they're 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 i think there were definitely one in their generation that that also mm-hmm. has that kind of special quality i do think there's like a kind of a handful of bands sometimes there's something like ineffable about that, that, that specific that. yeah that specific sort mm-hmm. of like connecting to the lyricism, connecting to the vocal performance, and then also connecting to the to the band performance as well. Mm-hmm. That I think is well, like they have like it's mm-hmm. like a uniting it's, characteristic that unites like you to them and to like everyone else in the crowd. It feels like church, yeah. and it's the thing that I feel like yeah, the like right. the Hillsong and the the Bethel music and all that stuff. I guess arguably is also successful at does not personally work for me. But they also <laughs> take those same kind of cues. I feel like from from you two. I don't know. But Carson, this is a this is a a, a great choice for favorite song on the record. I, I love it. I can't. I, Nailed it. Yeah. I'm also interested in why I think, and I'll talk more about this with Fatal Wound when we get to it. But I think I agree more with the like quote unquote theology behind this song mm. than Fatal Wound, and they're okay. they're close. They're not far off, mm-hmm. but the idea that I, I just, I feel so much it, like the words crooked, crooked souls trying to stay up straight feels like such a more compassionate view of humanity than mm-hmm. fatal wound, right. you know, and feels so much more free than the weird. For sure. I, I don't yeah. know if John Foreman ever had that like X 29 vibe of like, we are all inherently bad right. and therefore, you know, <laughs> but this, this feels like someone who is wrestling with the idea of, I don't always do things I want to do. Yeah. Right. For sure. But doesn't inherently feel bad in the same right. way that yeah, yeah, fatal yeah. wounds, like feels like someone who feels, and we'll ask, feels bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm skipping ahead, but, but I think he, he also uses it to, as a connective tissue for people, mm-hmm. like with oh, his 100%. lyricism, like his wrestling, like doing it so vulnerably and so publicly, like, that's that's kind of the beauty of it and kind of points back to what you're talking about kylan that that makes it relatable that makes it connective like when you're at a live show or whether you're listening to right. it in your bedroom yeah. like you're like oh i get yeah. it like yeah we're all just crooked souls trying to stand up straight yeah. guys, trying to figure things out you guys are so smart i like talking music <laughs> with y'all this is the best <laughs> this is just like okay so i i, I have a question y'all kind of brought up stars felt a little twinkly this feels a little spacey so my question is, would it make more sense to y'all personally if Shadow Proves the Sunshine directly followed stars? Or does it benefit from having happy as the yuppie word in between? Or do you think it would be better if it was kind of stars right into Shadow Proves the Sunshine? Because that's what I think. I think that makes more sense. But I'm, I'm open to hearing if anyone has any differing opinions. 
I like the high of like stars to the low, like kind of like desperation of happy is the upward back to like okay. the hopefulness of yeah, cool. I like that. I agree, and and both sonically and lyrically, like I think there's like peaks and valleys, and also thematic differences. Like happy is the upward word feels more about human and social constructs and and concepts, and stars feels like this big expansive universal experience thing, and so does. Sunshine, right. like you see, that's that, why again, that works for me. Like, that's why I would think you want to back stars to back. like stars kind of directly into Shadow Proves the Sunshine just feels like a ride I want to be on. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Happy mm-hmm. as the Yuppie Word feels like kind of a kind of a detour from that. That would maybe make sense later on in the record, but that's just personal opinion. I would put them next to each other in the playlist of Switchfoot songs you need to know, but not in this album. Nice. Okay. Hmm. I like that. Like Mm -hmm. if I had a whole Switchfoot discography, like it would be these two next to each other. That That makes sense. All right, guys. I dig it. We got anything else for track four? How long have we been going? Y'all are just so smart. We've already been going an hour. We're only four songs into this thing. (laughs) Y'all are just like... (laughs) I know. I know. But... No, 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 it's fine, dude. But much like I feel like the first half of this record, the songs are really long and then they get shorter. I mean, I'm sure we'll do that as well. Let's move on to track number five, Easier Than Love. My first note is this feels like a 2000s high school movie getting ready montage, <laughs> right? Like I can see like Lindsay Lohan, like doing real her hair one. <laughs> and like getting in her like convertible and driving to her California high school. That's fine. But. No, it, 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 it's Freaky Friday. It's Lindsay. It, yeah, it, like, yeah. it does. It, it gives me that like same era. Yeah. This song's always like sort of I held at a distance because the first word was sex and I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> right. Um, Like you do. Well, and after digging into it, I still don't know what to do with it in your defense, Carson. So (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It 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 is a lot of fun. It's it's one of those that has like that contrast between if you're just listening and you're vibing and you're not paying attention to the words, like you're like, Yeah, this is groovy. I'm digging it. I'm driving in my convertible with Lindsay Lohan, and then you start to listen to the words and you're like, huh. I'm glad how much y'all have embraced the Lindsay Lohan convertible uh, <laughs> <laughs> metaphor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you nailed that. <laughs> no, there's a clear music video to this song. Like, right. I see it, you know? Right. Yeah, this, I don't know. Uh, okay, uh, oh, one little music note. In all the verses, like, okay, right right there. We just heard Hail Your So-Called Liberty. There's like a laser sound effect. Pew, 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 pew. And yeah. there's Ooh. like all these, like, it's like a twinkly bell sound. Uh, that kind of follows mm-hmm. the melody in the verses and it feels super cheesy to me it feels super like tween mm. yeah that's valid once again kind of like high school movie but he's like trying like trying to talk about like deeper things kind of the thing we've talked about before of like metaphor 101 mm-hmm. this one kind of feels like that to me like he's trying to like talk about these like deeper things in this pop package i don't know if it necessarily works on this song yeah. For me, lyrically, it just feels a little overly simplistic and like kind of moral high horsey, mm-hmm. like instead of supportive or like encouraging or trying to redirect somebody's energy. Instead, right. it's like kind of 
just a it feels like a critique or something i will say i think it's ahead of its time for purity culture stuff sure because shame on me like it's, right. it is it has a clear logic to like oh yeah this is why one would choose sex this right. way you know and then here's the journey to i feel alone and that feels bad that i did that still like that is less like eh, sex is bad yeah, and you shouldn't right. have it you know it's more True. like if you feel like you can take advantage of people and feel incredibly lonely afterwards you know right which right. i do think is i do i agree with you tj like it's it's way it's a little moral high horsey i don't like that piece but i do think for 2005 this was not i kissed dating goodbye which is right oh, in that same yeah. time period yeah, yeah. It could always be a lot worse. Mm -hmm. And I, I agree. I like that line. Everyone's been scared to death of dying here alone. Yeah. Like that line still, I think, is so solid. And I agree with right. it. Like, I think yeah. we all, but again, then it's going also back to that connective element. In the same song. Yeah. Like we all feel that. I just, yeah. That's the thing is like, there, there, there are so many like little parts of this that I really love. But then there's so many parts that I just... It just it just feels so cheesy that sexist currency, she sells cars, she sells magazines, addictive, bittersweet like that just yeah. feels like blah, blah. and then there's everyone's a Casanova. Come and pass me the mistletoe. It's like, OK, oh, it's like, <laughs> all right. All right. Dude. I feel like he just liked that rhyme. Yeah. Like yeah. Casanova past the mistletoe. mistletoe. Yeah. yeah. Is this the one where he has the rhyme of romantic and pedantic? I think is in this song. I like yeah. that. It's good. You don't, it this you don't one? hear pedantic. Yeah, yeah. Very War much. and Love become pedantic. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. No, I like that. No, I didn't really have notes, a lot of notes on this. Like, I talked, I, I just view it as like a more of a social commentary on like how marketing and like corporations use that, use right. sex and Which there's a lot of that on this record like that. too. So. Yeah. So that's, oh, yeah. that's kind of yeah. like what I, yeah. I see him as like taking like to the man, like, hey. I see what mm -hmm. you're doing with this marketing kind of stuff. Yeah, you're not you're not <laughs> yeah, fooling me. So <laughs> it doesn't seem as personal of a song, I guess, but maybe how like the that drips into our personal because we're just being marketed and shown these things right. all the time. So, I but this is one of the it. least streamed songs on the record, so mm -hmm. I guess a lot of people maybe agree with us. I guess streaming this song isn't easier than most. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> ah, there you go. Uh, all right, guys, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and push us on to track number six, the blues. Is this the new year or just another night? Is this the new fear or just another fright? Is this the new tear or just another desperation? Which, unlike the last song Kylan was talking about, this is the second most streamed song on the record. Which what? is a little that's, surprising. That's shocking yeah. to me. <laughs> surprising, yeah. I this is a skip for me. Really? Oh. Okay. Yes, it's too slow. I, I love it. it. It's vulnerable. It. It's a beautiful piece of art. It's I just so don't long though. <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay, but my first note, first instance on this record of some sweet sweet bass. There's some sweet sweet bass Agreed. on this song. Some like lead bass. Like I like when the bass comes in. It's not low. It yeah. starts out high. Mm -hmm. Almost does like a kind of like little riff. Uh, and I like that it's kind of paired with the uh, super swingy, like the drums almost sound programmed. Like they almost sound like the kind of like, like drum machine, like Jay Dilla kind of like hip hop drums. Mm, like yeah. those like where it's like almost off the beat. It's like so close. No, I, I, 
said the same thing about the bass and like the groove and there's like a piano line that does like a melody counter melody thing and all of that to me felt like Beatles like yeah. like right the, that that uh-huh. same drum feel is like for sure probably those, those program drums are based on some Ringo like yeah styles. definitely and so like that's what I was hearing between the well, McCarty bass that with the, and, and, and the like piano and the strings like yes. it definitely does yeah it's got I have another Beatles McCartney vibes. bass note on here DJ Ooh, not on this song nice, but on another song nice yeah, there's a couple moments across the album I feel like they're they're aping Beatles a little bit. And I liked it for that reason. The, the fact that it's a mellow tune right in the middle of the album feels like a nice change of pace and like a, a time to kind of chill out, uh, catch a breath a little bit. I also love that John Foreman decided to rewrite Death Cab's This Is The New Year. Hey, that was my next <laughs> note. I said, I really want to mash up. I want to mash up this song. And the new year by Death Cab. So it just, you hear John say, is yeah. this the new year? And then you hear Ben Gibbard say, so this is the new year. <laughs> this and is the new year. Put them in yes. dialogue with each other. Thank you. And then have uh, Motion uh-huh. City soundtrack say, this must be it. Welcome to the new year. Yes. <laughs> like, and then Taylor <laughs> Swift say, and yeah. I'll be uh, cleaning up bottles with you on New Year's Day. On yes. New Year's Day. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm going to do a New Year's mashup. Because I, I was asking how many to. songs start with is this the new year or some variation of that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was the only other note I yeah, had on this no, song. That's great. I, I agree with y'all. I think that it goes in the right place on the album. It's a nice shift from what we've heard the past two songs. And, and I do. I think it's it, this is the song that feels the most personal to me. Like it feels mm. actually a human just working something out in their journal and asking a lot of questions and having zero answers um, mm-hmm. and repeating the same things over and over again in that that way that if you're a journaler, you kind of do. But I don't enjoy it. Mm. <laughs> I like, I'm That's like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then I, I am sorry, John. I apologize. <laughs> John Foreman, if you're listening. He'll be funny. Um, yep. He's all right. <laughs> Yeah, yep. it'll be okay. Uh, okay. I'll say, I know y'all talked about some of like the sequencing and resequencing. For me on this record, as of right now, I'm like, I think it's six for six on sequencing. I'm not saying they're all like perfect songs, but I feel like the dynamic rise and flow of the record so far has been sequenced perfectly. It's like, here's like this song that builds into this big one, then we come down for Happy Z Happy right. build up. So I love that it comes down for this like sixth track in the middle of the record. I think it's I a good way it. to end side A. Yeah, it is. So I I I will talk more about the sequencing as we go on, but I really love the line in the song and the idea behind it of It'll be a day like this when the world caves in. The world just caves how like in, yeah. I don't know. When you have like yeah, in like movies you're like end of the world stuff is always like so crazy, all this stuff is happening. But I like the idea of like it's just gonna be a regular day. It's like, like a normal and then day. it's just yeah, a yeah it's just a Tuesday. Yeah. I like I like that kind of playful juxtaposition. Also, one of his one of my favorite vocal performances of John's is or like vocal performance performance moments rather, is on the third chorus of this song. Because it feels like he kind of drops any of the performative aspects and it feels like he really is just singing straight from his heart. It's very vulnerable. It's not the most like vocally proficient performance. And that's why I like it because it just feels very raw and real. Yeah. I I say I don't enjoy it. I I would be really interested to hear this live. I would also like if he was going to do like Mm. the Tiny Desk concerts, like this Mm. is the one I'd want you know, from the album mm. on there, potentially. Yeah, I think this would be a great live song. 
Yep. It's one of those things like not not every song is great in studio for every person, but can be redeemed live. Mm -hmm. I do have a John quote for this song, if you guys are interested. Let's go. He says, the blues is the next step from the beautiful letdown, both musically and lyrically. It references New Year's Day and was written on January 1st, 2004. I tend to write some of my favorite songs on significant days in my life, Foreman says. This one means a lot to me. It's like a modern-day psalm of sorts, a long, meandering song about how the end of the world might actually be a beautiful day. That's cool. I don't know why it makes so much sense to me that John, that John Foreman would write this kind of song on New Year's Day, just yep, like by himself. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. All right, guys, let's move on to track number seven, The Setting Sun. This feels like a Rembrandt song, like a very, you know, for those of you that don't know, the Rembrandts did the theme song for Friends. Oh. So, uh, yeah, it feels okay, like, yeah, yeah. so. The, oh, you're exactly right. Yeah. yeah, the, like, yeah. the thing at the beginning and the. It has real, like, it's got real, like, 90s, 2000s sitcom. It really does. Theme song or, like, credit song vibe. That's exactly, it, yeah. it belongs in the credits of one of the like firehouse movies, you know, mm-hmm. that we're on yeah, yeah. marriage failing, but Jesus saving it. Like that's, yep. yeah, <laughs> I'm so, that's really reductive. I like this song more than that. <laughs> <laughs> to Josh's sequencing point, I don't know what you're going to say at this point, Josh, but I also think this is a great place for this song if you keep the blues because it's a steady rise back to like more energy. It's not like kind of a whiplash between like mellow song into like high energy rocker fast. It's like a mid tempo kind of like very medium rock song vibe. So I like that about it. Um, especially as a, an opening to side B. And I thought there was a lot of fun flavor on this one. That guitar is almost like, it's weird. I'm realizing now like sitcom 90s sitcom guitar is also like almost alt country guitar. Yeah. <laughs> country rock yeah. guitar. There's like a twang to it that they mm-hmm. there's like a Venn diagram there some somehow. <laughs> and there's like some weird noodly Rhodes or organ at some point. And there's like a mandolin that comes in at some point. Like there's a lot of interesting textures happening across this song. Mm-hmm. So I, I liked it for that reason that they that they had fun in the studio from the sound of it. Mm-hmm kind of piecing it together yep no this song uh i'm still on for sequencing still love the sequence of it the song itself this is one of the first ones that wasn't as engaging for me where i was like i like the vibe of this song i like how it sounds but like it didn't draw me in i do like the imagery of the setting sun and it feels like you're driving on I-35 as the sun's going down. Like it feels like that kind of song. And I like that. But other than that, I wasn't like super compelled by it. Yeah, I agree. I had a similar feeling. Like I like some of the imagery. There's some good like writing here and there in it, but it didn't, there was nothing that kind of just. Yeah. Not to like the level of the other songs that we've been, that have been exactly engaging. It's all compared to like their own ability to write great songs. Yeah. Not. I think that's kind of why I initially made the, sitcom comment because it does the sitcom comment 
<laughs> it just it yeah it just it it feels a little light mm-hmm. i think this the strongest line for me was they're selling shares of me again but i'm not buying it i'm not buying it yeah i like that <laughs> that's a pretty cool idea yeah i the thing i like about this song is this song in context with stars and uh shadow mm. proves the sunshine like moving to sunset and moving to i, I like once again that uh i think this song more than any other is the existential christian desire to die um Mm. (laughs) Mm. of like yeah i i don't like whatever is on this earth i don't belong here i belong else and that is like the thing like Mm. i am wrestling with feeling out of place where where I, i quite like because i do think while christian theology and a weird thing about the faith itself like i i actually think it's a universal experience to feel like you're your own skin and like you belong somewhere else other than wherever you found yourself and so so that i do i do like and as far as sequencing goes again i like i think i would put in the playlist of switchfoot i would put stars shadow uh setting sun like nice okay Mm, all right Mm. i like that that's a a highlight for you you're saying I don't think it's the best song on the album. You I like do the enjoy thematic it. To connect the yeah. between contextually. Okay. Yes, contextually, yeah. I I like it. It's it's not my favorite, and I don't think it's the highest quality song. But I do. I'm glad mm. it's on this album. Um, it's not one I would cut. Okay, cool. Right. I just want to say we are at track seven, and we've only hit Carson's favorite song, right? I just want to clarify. I was just about to bring this up too. Okay, yeah, we I haven't hit either of y'all's favorite song. Wow, looks like we're a bunch of side beers on this record. Side B boys. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy. It's crazy. it's it's yeah, it's pretty rare that uh but Josh, I don't know why. I've got I've got just do you feel feeling, like we're the same one? I yeah, I got just a feeling in my brain that we might have the same we one. Might. TJ, I have no why idea. I won't say until then. I don't know for TJ either. Wild card TJ tonight for real. Okay, yep. guys, let's move on to track 8. Politicians. This is like the heaviest song on this record. It is. Yeah. I like whenever bands will do like a heavy song and save it for later in the record. Like it reminds me of like Nothing Wrong on Futures. It's like a super heavy song late in the record. Right. That's a great comparison. I wanted though, like... I wanted him to have a little more grit on his voice. I wanted almost like a Dustin Kensrue from Thrice. Yeah, that would work. Kind of growl on this. But his super like sweet poppy voice does also work. <laughs> it almost like works because it's a little cleaner. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, it like it would be weird if he like all of a sudden just turned into like right. a hardcore yeah, yeah, vocalist. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I it's what I expect when I hear on a Switchfoot album when I hear a riff like this I'm like, "All right, and we're going to get some John vocals over this. And I like it, like, vibe-wise. I feel like the only way I can really connect with this song is is mostly on a on a vibe level. Is it? I, I think we're on the same page, TJ. Is it because you're a little bummed that he's, like, pretty negative towards politicians? <laughs> I, I, I just wish he was more positive. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, what did they do? Yeah. Why do you got to be so mean what to them? Yeah. You know, I got to disagree with you there. These public civil servants are doing the best <laughs> they can, you know? They sure are. For our own good, too. Shame on you. This song, like, 
I I enjoyed more <laughs> now it. in context now than I ever did mm, before, like yeah, when I yeah. listened to this album. I thought oh, it, yeah. I, this was this was a big skip for me, and I well yeah when you're like sixteen, I, you're just like who yeah. What are you? Shit? Yeah, no. I remember my friends and I making fun of the way he said politicians. Like <laughs> yeah, that was my next note. Okay. Yeah. That, yeah. Me too. It's, just, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird. I get it. Like tonally, I'm like, okay, you got like politicians doesn't sound good, but politicians is not a word. No Polish politicians. Is that is that just like his like? That's what it is. Is it his? Is it his Cali coming out, or is it just like politicians? It's like Poli- it's like kind of yeah. Tom DeLonge almost, right? Like, politicians. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, it's the Pool. borders. He's he's carrying right. like in the vowel sounds from borders, mm. which I just it's not right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah it is. Weird. It is very jarring. I distracting. Yeah. It sounds like when uh, singers change the vowel sound to hit the note without going flat. Like that's what it sounds like. Mm. But there's no reason he should have to do right. that. Right. Yeah. But no, I just thought for a song with the title, that's like such a hot button thing. There'd be a little more going on. Yeah, he doesn't like he doesn't, yeah he doesn't talk about politicians as much as i feel like he could like he says it it's pretty yeah, it was base a weird level. choice to call the song politicians at all like it feels like it should have been called something else like no borders or yeah right i remember thinking like well because when i was listening to this like more than politicians borders was huge to hear no like a country without borders i was like damn mm-hmm. That's the risky thing to say. It's like I've heard We're of doctors without borders, but countries? Wild. <laughs> what? Whoa. <laughs> Again, we have John talking about entropy. Oh, another one. Uh, all, all the d- he, three songs, three times he says entropy. He loves it. Loves entropy. Why? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I think he went on like a Descartes and like Carl Sagan kick and yes. like... Maybe some Flannery O'Connor. I don't know. He was just all over the place on this one in a cool way. But yeah, it's like yeah. the entropy thing was the big one. He was like, let me get this across. Yeah. Really and actually, that <laughs> I got a quote about about his entropy obsession that I, I kind of messed up, guys. I was going to share it when we were talking about stars because it's about stars. But I did bring up entropy in the song right. because Connects. he, yeah, he yeah, like cycles back, back to it, it. Right. So, so I'm going to. I'm going to read this and it, hopefully it'll it'll inform whether we think the the recycling of entropy is a good or mm-hmm. bad thing. Give give a little context. Here's another song that we've been playing live for a while. Maybe it's the Led Zeppelin side of me, but I I love a good rock riff and this one is really fun to play. It's a good builder that I'm anxious to play this summer. Speaking of summer, I have a theory about social entropy. <laughs> Great non sequitur. That just If you and yeah. I if you and I ever end up talking about existence, drinking caffeinated beverages in the wee hours, remind me to tell you about it. I'm assuming this is what he said to the person interviewing him. For now, he says, let's just say that in a world of pain and war and divorce and greed and genocide, how does anything good ever happen? I understand the second law of thermodynamics in the physical world to be something like this. Any system which is free of external influences becomes more and more disordered with time. This disorder can be expressed in terms of the quantity called entropy. So, without some sort of external influence on the social plane, I find no logical reason why humankind didn't see her last day a long time ago. Again, to the to the nihilism thing, right? <laughs> right. Call it grace or love or anti-entropy, there must be something keeping things together. 
The question becomes, why do good things happen to bad people? In the song, stars again, the first verse looks at things from Descartes, from a Descartes perspective, pinning the center of the universe on the individual. Maybe I've been the problem. Maybe I'm overcast, falling apart, etc. The second verse talks about our world from a perspective of the stars looking down on Earth from the eternal d- dance of gravity and motion. I love the night sky. It reminds me of how small and in- insignificant uh, me and my problems are in light of the infinite. When I look at the stars, I feel like myself. But, okay, he's obsessed with entropy <laughs> and anti-entropy. Like, he's created this dichotomy here. And he's building the album on it. I would say that that sounds a little insufferable, if not for the <laughs> fact, if not, if not for the fact that TJ, these are exactly like this is exactly the way you and I talk when we have whiskey together. <laughs> yeah. This is that hearing that I'm like I heard that. Uh, can I curse? Yeah. Do, oh, fuck yeah. I, I was okay. I was like I heard that shit. Okay, great. Okay, I didn't realize. So yes, okay, that <laughs> shit was all over Crooked Tree all the time. Like right. that yeah, was yeah. what was going on yeah, behind yeah. that stupid little like behind that espresso machine. That was <laughs> right. this was happening. Yeah, yeah. I remember like these conversations, and yes, they're insufferable. And also, you have the argument because it's fun. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Also, <laughs> I kind of believe it. I kind of like yeah, <laughs> right. Of yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah, this makes sense. Why? Who knows? Yeah. So I, he's like pulling from the, the physics thing and like philosophy and he's just yeah. like entropy, you guys. Like, I don't know. It's it, it it just kept popping up on the album. So I was like, I got to share it's that. It's a pretty common word that. to use on your record, I feel like. <laughs> I don't know why you guys are digging so much into it. Uh, I get to the pantheon of. Yeah, I don't know, man. This this song, th- this is another one. Yeah. What's so weird to me about this record is like it simultaneously has some of the most like interesting theological arguably or like philosophical statements and and questions and conundrums with also some of the most like freshmen in college like i'm finally understanding the world kind of comparisons and this one to me kind of falls in that category of just like yeah i mean like i get it i I don't know it feels a little simplistic Mm -hmm. right but but yeah. maybe that's because yeah. uh, maybe that's because like now specifically on this show this is our our second switchfoot record and, and I think we all kind of hold John Foreman to maybe like a specific standard so like anything that yeah, doesn't I hit that standard very, is just like, like what the thinker. fuck like what mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it's just like yeah. it, like if anyone else had written this song and we had like heard these lyrics we'd be like okay yeah like like I get this this is great like if Pillar if came out with this, K, or like, yeah, exactly, we'd be like, yeah, oh my God, K what is this deep song saying? Like, I pledge allegiance without borders. I'd be like, because you're oh, Canadian, okay. Matt. This is so <laughs> like, deep. Get it? Right. Yeah. So I think yeah, maybe it's just an expectation thing with John Foreman being such a high caliber thinker mm-hmm. and songwriter. Yeah. It's all mm-hmm. it's all comparative to their own work, right? Uh, our our whole premise for critique is within the context of their work, right. not. Not not comparing it to mm. uh, like MXPX or something. True. <laughs> like, right. Move to Burlington, right, yeah, y'all. Yeah. Or, or let's sing about entropy it's and, no and politicians. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's good. Okay, guys. Track number nine, Golden. She's alone tonight with a better cup. I love that 
the lead guitar feels kind of like a steel guitar. Oh, mm. yeah. Like I thought like when that first line comes in, it's got that like the sort of volume fade that you either do with like a volume pedal or with the volume knob on the guitar. I thought right. it was I thought it was like a lap steel. Then you hear it kind of continue on and it's not, but it's got that kind of Americana lap steel vibe. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So this song, like we've talked about, the last couple songs kind of lost me. And like they weren't as engaging, I feel like, compared to the first half, like the first six songs on the record or whatever. And this one I feel like is pretty formulaic lyrically, like still pretty like standard, not really getting like, I like the message of it, but it's nothing that's like only John could do this or like something that's like a new idea. But I think this is my favorite song on the record because the music is so good. Yeah, I guess I'd forgotten about this song. It is so really I guess good. you're not on the same wave with me, Kylan, but <laughs> I'd forgotten about no, this song. we don't have the same song. We don't. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I loved the music, and I just kept getting it stuck in my head, and like it's just a pure, warm, fuzzy pop gem that I just like... It's like, I just went full vibe guy. And I'm like, this is my favorite song. I could just like, I loved it so much. So I kind of got to yeah. rediscover it. So that was, I think, like, I remember Happy Zay, Happy Word and Shadow Proves of Sunshine. But this one I got to like rediscover now and like right. just love for how fun and warm it is. Yeah. Now that you say nice. it, this does feel like a real Josh song. <sighs> this makes sense to me. Mm. I can't exactly articulate why, but something mm. about this vibe screams Josh to me. It's just so good, man. Mm. It's very like upbeat, but not in a insufferable way. Right. Like, you know, it feels it, like you said, it's like warm yeah, and happy like and sugary. It's, so it's not sugary, like poppy. It's right. Yeah. Well, right. and I think it's partly like, like the drums feel really driving, but that acoustic guitar feels oh, really yeah. laid back. Mm-hmm. They found their pocket, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're hanging out. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten about this song too, Josh. Like this was not one that like I would have put on my, like if you asked me like what songs are on this album, this is not one I would have been like, oh, and this one. Mm. But re-listening to it, I'm like, oh, I sobbed in my room to this song. Really? Like I remember, yeah, I remember wow. having like a deep like emotional reaction to this. I think I think I said this, you know, in part A when we were sort of talking about it, but I, I this album would have came out right around the time that I was starting to under not understand, but like first experience like any sort of depression and then that right. kicked up a couple of years later. But this sort of direct messaging of like you're not broken in the midst mm. of this entire yeah. song where they're wrestling with like, or like this entire album where they're wrestling with like, and we're broken and that like, we mm. feel broken, we feel horrid and alone and awful. And so for this one to come in at this time, it's just a really yeah. special song. And yeah. and when you're mm. a 13 year old girl and you hear your golden child, like I just, I'm getting emotional now. Cause yeah. I'm like, I think that like I just needed to hear yeah, that. I love that. That's great. Yeah. I, it's a special song. It is. I love that. And also, like anytime you hear a, a for me as a woman, as a person who identifies as female, like to hear a man I respect talk about a she and not be in love with that she, mm-hmm. I I felt like I wasn't reduced to something. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even consider Yeah, it's that more subject to yeah. subject. It's I, thou. It's like mm-hmm. reciprocal presence. It's encouragement. Mm-hmm. It's support. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and and I didn't, you know, it's your golden child. Obviously, I was younger than John Foreman at the time, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't feel like he's talking to his child in the way that you know. I'm thinking like Ben Folds, right? When I hear Ben Folds, he's either singing to a lover or he's singing to his daughter. And this was like, no, like it's just a human um, who happens to use she/her pronouns, and that right. just felt, I felt very seen by this song. Mm-hmm. And what I love too is that it's not overly saccharine. No, again, kind of like we were talking about sonically, Josh. Like it's not overly sugary because that third verse comes in and really kind of adds some perspective and kind of humbles kinda the whole it. Yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, because he I that this may be my favorite verse in the whole song or the whole album because he says so this final verse is a contradiction and the more we learn the less we know we've been talking about a feeling we both know inside but couldn't find the words i couldn't write this verse i've seldom been so sure about anything before so it's admitting what you don't know right and and finding connectivity through that and being okay in in the lostness and in the brokenness like that's a beautiful sentiment Mm mm-hmm Paired with the golden child yeah. idea. Yeah. Like, it just feels really encouraging. Oh, it's so good. Comforting. Mm-hmm. When we were listening to it. It's a, it's a winner, Josh. It's a winner. It's a good it favorite. Is. It's a good yeah, one. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, I was realizing why it's one of my favorites, but not for as great of a reason as Carson is. It's because, like, towards <laughs> the end, is he just starts, like, layering vocals. And every time you have, like, vocals on top of each other, I'm just going to love it. Like, the brand new Taking Back Sunday thing. I'm like, yes, double vocals. Right. So. So mm-hmm. do you think this song suffers at all from its place in the record from an already like pretty long record, like being pretty low down? No, I love that. You've had a lot of like, I think you've had a lot of negative on this record. And as you're coming towards the end, he's like, kind hey, of, yeah, yeah, some positive here. For sure. Yeah. I think this is getting into, I, I think da- like Daisy should not be the end. I think Daisy needs to be in the middle, which is the ending song. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, and I think that uh, Golden needs to be the penultimate song. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Which, which maybe, maybe this is a better conversation for a little later. But like, I, I like Golden as penultimate. It sets up as the penultimate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's rad. Well, let's move on to track number ten, "The Fatal Wound." This is the least stream song on the record. Hmm. Oh, and TJ, I wonder how Kylan is going to feel about the harmonica on this song. <laughs> I don't know, Josh. I'm very much looking forward to finding out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know that. What are your strong feelings about harmonicas? Well, okay, this is a relatively recent thing because I used to. Yeah. I used to fucking love harmonica. Yeah. And hate. He's cooled. You're always playing one too, like. Yeah, wow. I remember Always you playing, playing it on yes. your songs, like yes. on your album you gave me. I remember. Yes. Harmonica was like at the top. It was King. And Horns is at the bottom. And they've now flipped. And I, I, I feel entirely. like 90% of songs that have harmonica don't need harmonica. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Especially because the vibe of this song is kind of this like eerie, dark yeah. kind of swoop swaying I would song. have loved harmonica in setting sun with that oh, um, what we were talking yeah. about that sort of country 96 yeah like uh-huh it doesn't feel like it it fits. would fit there better 
because and also the the lyrics are so dismal and <gasps> like the harmonica feels like we're boot stomping at a hockey tonk or something <laughs> but, <laughs> like, but maybe that's kind of the point though i feel like i feel like this album is so much about think? those like those sort of contradictions like lyrically mm-hmm. it kind of vacillates between that sort of hopelessness and hopefulness you're saying so it's like this, Bruce yeah. Springsteen's double album, The River, or in that way, right? That's yes, exactly. That's exactly okay, cool. what he You just took said the words to you, right Josh. out of my mouth. I knew you were going there. <laughs> but you know, maybe this is like sort of a sonic representation of that of those contradictions. You know what? I'm gonna take uh, a step back. I think I do like the harmonica in this song. Oh, fuck y'all! I think the harmonica <laughs> right. totally works in this song. Good. I support you in that. Um, <laughs> My biggest revelation with this song, I don't care for this song, uh, but my biggest revelation with this song was listening to it today and realizing it doesn't say Son of Sodom uh, and instead says oh, Son of Sorrow. wow. Yeah. Yep, that'll that'll change the meaning a little change, bit. Change yep. change the meaning a lot. Uh, still don't like the song, uh, but uh, for a, for a minute like I was less. like, what the, what? Right. Just like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, and also, ugh, what a bummer. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, you're better than that, John. And he's like, really, I am really than glad that. it said sorrow. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, John. Oh, once again, if you're listening, I'm sorry for assuming that of you. Uh, uh, I, uh, please forgive me. Um, I still don't like this song. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's so, why, so, why don't you like it? It's a bummer. Now. Well, I know you mentioned you compared this to uh, yeah. Santa Cruz of Sunshine earlier. Yeah, I think I Santa, to circle back on that. So, so this is one of the two. I think, I think twice on this album, there is a better version of thematically. I would, I don't know about musically, but thematically, right. I think there's a better version of like one of the songs. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think it happens twice in the album. And this is the first one. And I think that Shadow Proves the Sunshine um, the is. Version. Yeah, is the better version. Um, I think Fatal Wound does not capture the same wrestling with pain Mm -hmm. and wrestling with the like the idea that there is hope and also that like I'm not the problem maybe and i hate that it comes right after golden too maybe right yeah just like, yeah maybe it's like a sequencing thing too i am Especially the crisis the title. i am the bitter end yeah i am it's so yeah like it's it's really intense like hyperbolic wording that is like it leaves no room it feels like there's no redemption no possible except the which, harmonica um, but except the harmonica. but okay but, to, but the shadow sunshine, <laughs> sunshine does leave room yeah, back yeah. again into like the sequencing of the album and stuff to me it 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 makes sense to come right before we are one tonight because it does it feels like those yeah. are kind of of a piece like it's like two sides of the same like mm-hmm. this is like dark night of the soul end of act two and then we are one tonight is kind of like picking it up it's like triumphant i don't know i dig this song i totally i fully understand all of the all of the uh, criticisms but i'm just much more of like a quote-unquote sad boy so i can i can get behind like a bummer song yeah yeah i just think this is this one feels out of place to me and then again like the, the harmonica just doesn't do anything for me and feels like in conflict, yeah, in yeah. tension mm-hmm. in a way. It that, is weird. That it I, is weird. I fully recognize that useful. and will agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is my problem with most is. harmonica yeah. in songs. I, 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 
it rarely adds as much as it distracts. But you know mm. what I thought added something really well to this song was what? in the second verse, I really loved the call and response of like, they had some like fluttery kind of keys in the right channel. And then immediately yeah, there's yeah. like guitar in the left channel. I thought that was really cool. I liked that a lot. Also, I also, that yeah, the, that, that was maybe kind beautiful. of the thing with me. Cause in the first verse too, at the end of the verse, he says uneasy now, right when the line starts or when he says easy now, they double the vocal there. And mm-hmm. so like, there's all these like weird little like ear candy moments in this song. Yeah. It kind of like yeah. kept me interested. I like it. I like it all right. I agree with you, Kyle, and that I think it works for me personally. It works as a lead in to We Are One tonight specifically. And I'll mention when we right. get there why. I think okay. the the wound uh, imagery is kind of cool. He's 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 used that language before on this album, too. So, again, we're seeing those those common themes coming up. It's a Christ um, reference. Too, but I also right? agree, Carson. Is it? The like the spear in the side. I mean, that that was it's what I thought. Potentially, Jesus was already dead when he got the spear in the See, side. See, so. I okay. thought it was, and maybe this is because Sodom, right? Maybe that like right. really tinted my view, <laughs> which is a problem. <laughs> but I always thought Fatal Wound was like Fall of Man. Like yeah, okay. we are. That's more yeah, how I read it too. Oh. Yeah, which okay. I, which I, I, just, I thought it was the again. spear in Jesus' side. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good imagery. Maybe. Good imagery. It is. It's. I like. I like that better. I'd prefer that because that. Yeah. I also get hung up on like. I don't like that. Like, I am all these bad things because right. I am inherently bad. That makes right. me. I don't believe yeah, yeah. that, and so that makes me sad. Yeah, I. I agree. I think the Shadowproof Sunshine is the stronger song that makes a similar philosophical point, and I. I'm pretty harmonica. Uh, agnostic, you guess. <laughs> yeah. Monica agnostic. Thought I'd weigh in I on love that. that. Was cool. I love that. That's a shirt, Kylan. That's on the merch. For right. sure. Yep. I yep. just want to say again, okay. we are two songs left on the record. Kylan and TJ still favorite songs to name. I'm very oh curious. yeah. Uh, There's a good chance and, you guys and, are the same one. We'll see. TJ, are we gonna I have think the I same know, song? I think I know which one yours is, and I I don't think I we're gonna, don't have, think the same gonna have the same one. All right. I don't That's think we're saying yeah. but anyway, all right, guys. What you're saying is you and Kylan are not one tonight. We're not one we're tonight. Not we are not one tonight. <laughs> we're not one tonight. But maybe we don't but know. I'll, There's still a chance. There's we'll still a out. chance. Track 11. We are one tonight. I remember this playing. I said this last time. I remember this playing in uh, American Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> on I that big it. screen they I used to it. have in the oh back. yeah this is so you too as well mm-hmm. like that intro i know the opening guitar line is probably a u2 rip off but it's so good good enough yep. that then the kaiser chiefs ripped it off in 2008 on their song <laughs> never miss a beat <laughs> yeah it's it's that good you can just cycle it and is. recycle it so tj is this your favorite song you guys this is my favorite song i knew it Woo! It's stars was up there yeah, I had a couple other contenders, but this, this one feels just, like a TJ song. It lands the plane, you guys. It, it does. That's why it should be the last song on the album. Yeah, I agree. I think this is like the best synthesis of what John was trying to say with the album while also being like an answer, like a, a final message of positivity as an answer to all the pain, suffering and entropy that they've spent the whole album talking about. Right. Yes. 
So yes, it, it the journey puts it all together from lonely nation to we are one. Exactly. Like we went on it and I believe mm. it at the end, you yeah. know? Yeah. The chorus says, we are one tonight. We're singing it out. We're one tonight. We're dreaming out loud. The world is flawed, but these scars will heal. And this is why I think fatal wound does need to go just before it, but only Ooh. for that reason, to be honest, yeah, that's good. it is entirely oh, right. of a piece yeah, yeah. with like, we are one tonight. It needed to land that lyrical like reference point plane and just be like, okay, the scars that we had in fatal right. wound, we thought were fatal, but actually now we're saying they'll heal. And then, yeah, we're one tonight, which I, I Carson it's a response to the lonely nation like he's just connecting all the dots yeah and just thinking about it too uh lonely nation singing without this says tunes but I always tongues. heard tongues singing without yeah, tongues, tongues screaming without lungs yep. and then we get we are one tonight we're singing it out mm-hmm. and then yeah desperate we are uh we are separate we are one mm-hmm. and then we get we are one tonight yeah so I'm looking if there's any wound imagery in lonely right. nation i can't remember it yeah. entropy but then there's mm-hmm. also the the entropy. stars <laughs> coming out at the end entropy yeah, yeah. this feels um, like such so a good we call back to stars too such a such a good live song of like mm-hmm. let's get everyone to oh scream yeah this. it's a vibe have y'all seen it live yeah Did you know you everybody's it? shouting <sighs> that's very I'm possible sure i've, I've, seen, I've seen switchfoot live with josh yeah. I have no idea if they, they had to this. have played it. I saw this tour, so I remember. Oh, nice! Like seeing nice. it was incredible. This and Stars were the like the coolest. Big, like yeah. those are the two oh, that yeah. stuck with me. I, I love the when you, the slow it down part and how like they bring it down. I don't mm-hmm. know. I like whenever kind of breaking that fourth wall. I guess a little bit you could say, and I like I like it a lot. It's cool. It is super cool. I saw a John Foreman show and he played this song. Oh, but cool. it was like a stripped down version. Nice. Oh, nice. oh, cool. Yeah. And it and it was great. Solid version. Yeah, he does it at down. the right time. The stars reference comes in <laughs> at the exact right time. I'm not expecting it. It's back to everything before. It's not it doesn't feel cheesy at that moment because we've had the whole time right. like I'm on the train yeah, yeah. to cheese. It's great. <laughs> yep. I'm in. The train to cheese. Cheesy train. Yeah. Get me on that train, man. Yeah, we did. Exactly. We went on the journey. We're here now. And we're all one tonight. Mm -hmm. But what I like is the little sort of um, epilogue on the end of the song where he, you know, it's kind of the ad libby vocals. And he says, we're still finding out until we're one tonight. Mm -hmm. So it feels very like it's an ongoing journey toward union and and like, you know, communal connectivity. Um, It's it's. It's not, it's not over, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. ongoing and it's a banger. It's so catchy. It's a it banger. Is. That's true. Yeah. It's a great song. I feel like I'm a sucker for these optimistic major Switchfoot songs. Like they get me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They do them really well. Be. They do. All right, guys. Kylan, I guess it's time to move to your favorite song. Favorite song. <laughs> oh my God. I feel so nervous, but let's move on to the last track of the album. Daisy. It's such a Kai Dog song. Which now I I was thinking about it and I was like, damn, yeah. (laughs) Okay. This one this one feels the most solo John Foreman to me. For sure. Also for sure. If you will allow me, TJ, can I please grab the soapbox from you? Oh yeah. Hang Uh, on a second. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, here you go. So 
I fully understand everything you guys were saying about We Are One Tonight, like making sense as this big sort of anthemic end to the record. And I fully 100% disagree. I feel like Daisy, <laughs> Daisy is the perfect end to this record for, mm. so like, you know, We Are One Tonight definitely pulls like a lot of those uh, sort of references. But the whole thing of this album being about everything we've been saying a million times, entropy and nihilism and this sort of like desperation, like this is such a such an existential crisis record that to me, thematically, it makes so much more sense to have this kind of like huge big optimistic catharsis but then to go back to even the um the the quote tj you were saying of like john foreman walking around these like festivals and like this kind of backstage and feeling that loneliness Mm. is like this is sort of the aftermath Mm -hmm. of that big cathartic communal moment it goes back to feeling completely lonely and that's true and then I, I think it even uh, musically and lyrically uh, becomes incredibly cyclical with Lonely Nation. Like if you listen to this, it do, the way it kind of fades back into if you listen just on repeat, it goes into Lonely Nation. And then there's also th- the lyrical thing of like he's talking about Daisy. She says, like, gives herself away. Uh, she comes down easy, all that stuff. And then. The first lines of Lonely Nation, she turns like the ocean. She tells no emotion. And I feel like he's still kind of singing about the same person. The same person. It's all just sort of this cycle of this like the highs and then lows. And then it just it just it's all kind of revolving. And it's sort of Mm -hmm. a little nihilistic that we're all just kind of caught in this in this circle. But this completely makes sense to me as the ending of the record. It's a bummer ending. I'll I'll give you that. <laughs> it for sure is. Mm-hmm. Like, but, but I. But you're think not wrong it, that it's the point. Yeah, I think it really yeah. kind of ties it, it. It it for me thematically kind of tied it all together in a really interesting way. I love that. That yeah. was that was very very well said, Kylan. Thank you. Sometimes Thematic I say analysis like from the five guys. <laughs> I know, What's right? That? Sometimes I say smart things on this show. You guys have inspired me. (laughs) I dig it. (laughs) Beyond that, musically, this is just so fucking weird. So weird. This actually does feel like a translation into what becomes Oh Gravity. Like if I put this song next to Oh Gravity, the opener of the next album, Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I see how they got there. Mm, Cool. I like that. pointing the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was going to say, this is where I had my other... Or where I had my McCartney bass note on the song. Because yes. with the weird chord progressions plus that bass, it felt very Beatles-inspired to right. me. Okay, can we talk about that chord progression, at least in the intro? Go for it. Re- really quickly. So uh, I believe this is in D-flat. I think it's in D, but it's the, the whole guitar is tuned down half a step. But let's just call it mm-hmm. D. So the first chord is the one, and then the second chord goes into the one diminished which you do not hear typically Whoa. in like that is a chord progression so you, weird. you don't hear specifically in like kind of pop music, which again, to me ties back into the whole thematic. Like it kind of like puts you on edge because diminished chords typically yes. you associate with like a, there's like a tension, a kind of almost horror 
sound uh mm-hmm. and this really just throws you off kilter into the then it goes into this big like halftime jam and i think this song it's just so fucking weird it's such an <laughs> outlier but mm-hmm. it i think this whole record is a lot it, it's a lot darker than than the beautiful letdown it's very much i think i brought this up on i don't know if that episode's coming up but it's very much like a an empire strikes back kind of thing like ah. it just like feels dark and then you have this sort of like oh yeah we're like we're so close to like being there but then you have like that like a twist ending i think it's great mm. Mm-hmm. Fucking wild. Have fucking, it's a it's a wild choice specifically for like a major label like pop rock band to like end their album like this but i think it's the right choice mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. it makes sense it's an artful choice and it feels and it feels choice. like a very john foreman choice based solely on the context of the rest of the record yeah, yeah you're not wrong honestly i respect it more because it goes back up and, and gets big and yeah, heavy yeah. again you know, no, like for, I think if it were just if it was that just the kind of acoustic, weird, acoustic, yeah, yeah, the yeah, dark kind of yeah. thing, I'd be like, I mean, you okay, guys know too, like, I see like, it, but like, typically the last song on a record and a song that's over five minutes long, that that's two two strikes against it in terms of Kylan Savage on Church Jams. This now. song is barely over four yeah. minutes. Oh. Just feels longer. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> I thought it was longer. I really did, no, but, but it feels it does long. feel longer. I I do highly recommend listening to Daisy directly into lonely nation i think it it mm. weirdly makes a lot of sense yeah well i also like that it goes from like a lot of these like kind of going back to the natural world elemental concepts that he's invoking across the album it still sticks to that it's like doing the same thing but it's pulling it all the way down from the macro to the micro right. and to the personal so it is like you said it's it's john walking around backstage yeah. or something and kind of having that maybe moment he's where he's being a little meditative yeah and reflecting maybe projecting and and going somewhere really interesting i'm glad the song's on the album i think it's a really cool track and you See, might you've sold yeah. me on it because i was yes. like this needs to be a bonus track i <laughs> yes. don't mm-mm. you sold me i because 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 this was my uh this was my golden light you know like was daisy i was like golden's the good version daisy's the light version right um, but I like what the, the thing, mm. thematically it makes more sense what you're saying. I will say, um, I again totally a context of the time, totally a context of my what I was hearing in purity culture at the time. Mm. But when I heard Daisy gives her 100% heard sex right. and yep. was hearing a moral tale to a woman who was. Well, yeah, uh, because of the, the, the rose imagery, like we've all, you know, been to that youth group where they yeah. pass around the rose. Mm-hmm. And all a hundred percent. So, yes, yes. So I was before never interested in the song because it felt very unlike the red, like, yeah. unlike golden and even unlike easier to live or easier right. than love. Like I was like, OK, I this feels too moral to me too like, right. but I'm like, that's a hundred percent my own Color yeah, yeah. On yeah. That to totally makes song. sense because yeah, because because the way I I read it was tying into the like nothing is sound, the mm-hmm. sort of like nihilistic of like, well, nothing fucking matters. We don't know what's going on. Just give yourself over to it. Just just let go. Just let yeah. go, man. But then that ends up being super yeah. lonely, and that's why we are the lonely nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So good. Ah, well, yeah. 
That's rare. Nice I'm a, well, I was going to say I, I'm, I'm going to get a recording of that, but that's literally the whole point of this. Um, it's what just, we do. It's just <laughs> nice to hear that I'm doing that wrong. this whole time, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, we're not I just does it. Oh, Josh. This is a podcast? Yeah. Josh, man, come on. Can we start at the top? Yeah. Beautiful producer falling down on the job. Yeah, for real, man. You're about to lose your beautiful producer title. Oh, man. Okay, guys, we did it. We Okay, so comes down to this our final flop or bop verdicts how did we feel about this album i am all in on the bop i think cool. there's there's a few songs that i would maybe change the order of edit I, I i don't i can't tell you like where i'd put them or or what there's a few songs i skip but think belong on the album even if i'm not a big cool. fan but i i was impressed by how this holds up I was impressed mm-hmm. that I didn't see more problematic, weird theology stuff at right. running through yeah, it. Yeah. And, and I still felt all like I, I had affection for younger Carson who felt so mm. seen by this album right. because I still mm-hmm. had that. Uh, I still had a little bit of that. Like, yeah, I, I feel bigger than I can be, that can be contained yeah, in this yeah. little life. I love that. You know? Oh, that's so good. One bop. One bop. One bop down, Josh. Okay, so uh, I was talking about the sequencing a lot on this record, and, you know, I'm going to say, I think uh, y'all made some really good points about having, changing different songs for, like, the message, and it, this would make a good ending, or we should have, like, Golden to be the second to last song or something like that. And I think those are some valid and def- some valid arguments and make some very good points. But I'm talking about just like dynamic rise and flow of the songs. I think because we talk about sequencing a lot on this show, and I think this is twelve for twelve on sequencing. I love oh, wow okay. where I like there were definitely some it. songs I wasn't as into as the song itself, but I was like, this is the right but it makes type sense. of song to have right. here. Yeah, so yeah. I yeah. I loved all of that. I've always, for a while, I was always said Hello Hurricane was my favorite Switchfoot record. This might be my favorite Switchfoot wow. record. Wow. Like, whoa. It might be okay. so wow. good. And, like, I love the production on it. I love the songs. There's so much ear candy moments. And, mm. like, yeah, the sequencing on everything. So, I don't know. And I had, I strangely had, was hit with, like, a ton of nostalgia that, like, I didn't listen to this, like, when I was... A teenager like growing up like i discovered this later but it hit me with like so much nostalgia that i was like why am i even feeling this but i <laughs> am for some reason so i don't know i just had a great mm-hmm. time listening mm-hmm. to it really loved it big bop Hell take yeah. that personally josh Hell yeah. That <laughs> yeah that's a win wow okay i like that it it's beautiful all right two bops in two all bops right. who's next you me oh boy <laughs> okay <laughs> um okay so as y'all know uh the beautiful letdown I initially flopped and then under pressure, under duress, uh, in our 2022 no. wrap up, I ended I up giving it a bop. I asked if you was manipulated was coerced into. into. No, no, no. I know all the switch That's not true. Fans are like that That's here. not true. But I, I will say, I will say, um, the beautiful letdown. I mean, the 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 sentiment of the flop was 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 true. I think, but it, it was also relatively early on in the show, and I was still kind of figuring out sort of my perspective of like where I land on specific records, you know? So I think that was one of those records that weirdly didn't, 
I think it didn't hold up as much as I anticipated. And so it was, it kind of mm. rode that line. And the thing about mm. this record is Josh, kind of like you, like I weirdly had so much nostalgia. Like the thing is when we started part a, I could name like two songs on this record, but then listening through it, I'm like, Oh man, I know all these words. I know this song. I know this song. Oh yeah. This song mm. fucking rocks. But I do still hold by what I was saying at the beginning of this, of this part B. So many of the songs are entirely too long. And so there is a point for me kind of about like two thirds of the way through the record where it kind of lost me. I was just like, yeah, okay. All these songs are kind of blending together. They're all kind of a similar BPM. They're all kind of a similar vibe. It was specifically when it started getting into the, the setting sun kind of thing is like they all kind of felt same BPM, a little bit of the, the 90s, 2000s sitcom thing. But then on my second listen through is when I really started focusing on the things we, we've been talking about, these sort of thematic elements, which is rare for me on this show. And really, yeah. every time I hit Daisy, I'm like, fuck, like this is so it's such a weird choice, but it it solidified everything I think John was going for lyrically on this record. And for that, despite mm. its length, I'm going to give it a bop. Oh, oh no right. hesitation. No hesitation. Bop. For real. I am excited when y'all do Oh Gravity, Kylan, you've got to start with Daisy. I'm like, into that. You gotta, I like you gotta that. precursor it's it. Because I, I think it will, I think, I honestly think Daisy will seem less weird into Oh cool. Gravity. Strangely. Like, I think, cool. nice. I think you'll be like, oh, damn. Prologue. They did I'm this so into that. Because I don't know, I know literally nothing from Oh Gravity. Like, that's what's oh, wild is okay. like, I, I, I remembered so much of this record while hmm. I was listening to it. I don't, I know nothing about Oh Gravity. I think I was fully out I on Switchfoot by the time that came out. It's a preachier, it's a preachier album, I think, then. Okay most of their other stuff so interesting okay hmm. all right tj I, yeah. comes down to you man where are you Ooh, landed on this record comes down to me will we you have entropy bop, you, or will we have anti-entropy <laughs> one <flop>. entropy <laughs> that's the question well man i was so excited when uh i heard carson was bringing this album to us and i thought man maybe this album will be golden but I also wondered if perhaps <laughs> so stressful there might be some songs so in there <laughs> that might be the fatal wound. Oh my god! I need you to ride off into the setting um, song, please. I wondered if we would disagree tonight, <laughs> and whether we might become a pretty lonely nation. Um, whether the politicians <laughs> would get the best of us and convince us that there are other things that are easier than love. Being nothing is sound. Should have been counting the references. I think it's up to oh, six. Yeah. I had Josh. some okay. moments where I got the blues. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! He's doing and the I thought nothing <laughs> is sound is such a yuppie word, but ultimately, you guys, I realized I could see the stars, and we are one tonight. <laughs> oh, and Daisy yeah. was just the flower in the cap of this quad bop, you guys. Oh. Wow. How about that nice. shadow proving the sunshine? <laughs> 11. There it is. Last minute. Mic drop. Mic drop. That was so good, TJ. That stressed me the fuck out, but I so appreciate the that. The tension was palpable. Uh-huh. I loved it. Mm, you're yeah. welcome. Yeah, every time. Welcome. Do that. I, I need that for... every time. That is you did all of them, right? <laughs> 
think eleven and twelve. I think you got twelve. I, no, I may have miscounted one. There's. I'm looking now. I don't know. I think you did it. Jammers, get out! Let us think know. You did it. I, I think we need to do the Shadow Proves of Sunshine right at the end. I think that was the last one. <sighs> yeah. I think that was All the right. last one. Yeah. Very proud of Snuck you, TJ. Well done. All right. Well done. Thanks. Oh, oh no, Kylan did Setting Sun. I didn't hear you do Setting oh. Sun. That was it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I said I well, need you to write off. Kylan was part of the part of the bit. Yeah, that was. Yeah, we actually rehearsed this beforehand. I knew everything that was going to happen. Perfect. Ah. Such professionals, y'all. Oh, I know. We are so <laughs> professional. Okay. Uh, Carson, is there anything uh, you would like to tell our listeners about uh, to promote or what sure. have you? Anyway, if you want people to follow you or like go check out certain things. Yeah. So um, I uh, recommend Untitled Dad Project, which uh, Hell is yeah. the please go, piece. Please go listen to it. So good. Well, that's about grief. I don't recommend binging it. That's difficult. <laughs> Uh, to do, but you can. Yep. Whatever, I did. If you're in that space. It was rough. Uh, man, yes. <laughs> That's a hard one. That's hard to do. Uh, I also really recommend therapy. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. Good. And um, just in general. Yeah. And so I'm going to be at Dallas Therapy Collective, which actually specializes in religious trauma, um, starting uh-huh. August 21st. So cool. if you in Texas need a therapist and are interested in uh, maybe unpacking some religious stuff, uh, yeah, I'm. I would love. I would love uh, to work with people who are fans oh, of y'all, yeah. um, and maybe uh, have a shared language around. Uh, yeah, some of these, mm. some of this fun mm. Christian pop culture that we grew right, up with. For um, sure. So yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I that's that's my plug. Guys, use I promo code Church Shams now at therapy to get zero percent off. Zero <laughs> percent <laughs> off. Church Shams now. Carson got bills to pay, yeah. man. Uh, I take yeah. I'll take Cigna insurance. Yeah. That's yeah. the new Perfect. thing. Oh, so. cool. Hey, there you yeah, go. Yeah, it's great. Great news. Nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. If people enjoyed this, of course we have more nonsense like it at Patreon.com/slash/ChurchShamsNowPodcast. You can follow us on all the social media at Church Shams Now. Of course, may all your favorite bands stay together and peace out on free.